This reporter at the Mirror Online, he's been gouging reaction to the news. At the moment, it's a combination of sheer shock, people not really understanding how it's happened. People are still waiting for answers, waiting for the police to do their work, but the whole showbiz industry is just shaken by the news. Shopkeepers in Hemel Hempstead say another delay to roadworks has put them on the brink of losing their businesses. The work in Hemel Hempstead Old Town began last June and should have taken four months after several delays they're now due to finish by May this year. The first official state visit by the President of Ireland to Britain begins today. Michael D. Higgins will meet the Queen and Prince Philip at Windsor Castle before political engagements at Westminster. The visit follows the Queen's successful and symbolic tour of Ireland a few years ago. The concern for a missing 16-year-old from Milton Keynes has led to Thames Valley Police to pass the case on to the major crime team. They say they're still treating the search for Kayleigh Ann Payne as a missing person inquiry, but as more time passes, they're increasingly worried about her welfare. Jane Killick reports. It's 13 days since Kayleigh Ann Payne failed to return to her home in Fishermead. She was last spotted on CCTV in Acton in London at 8.20am on the 29th of March. Teams of detectives are now following leads in Milton Keynes and in the Euston, Islington, Hackney, Acton and Croydon areas of London. A Conservative minister has publicly criticised the Culture Secretary, Maria Miller, for the tone of her apology in the House of Commons last week in the row about her expenses. The Employment Minister, Esther McVeigh, says that she would have taken a different approach. An indoor play centre in Watford is reopening today, eight weeks after floods left it under two feet of water. Parents' Paradise was forced to close in February after the floodwaters poured in. And in sport, Leeton Town can move a step closer to promotion back to the Football League tonight. They're at home to Tamworth in the conference. A win would mean promotion can be secured on Thursday night if Cambridge lose. The weather bright and breezy with some sunny spells, a few isolated light showers, highs today of 12 Celsius. That's 54 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. been picked up from somewhere like the Cotswolds or something and dropped here. It's all about where you live. It's got a great community feel and there's always something going on, lots of things to do. The Big Tour, BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, can I just say, um, there was a muff up there and f- four minutes ago, Kelly Betts is dancing around the studio. I saved the news, I saved the news. That's OK, thank you fans. She may have saved the news, but Kelly, you killed the show. What did you What did you do, Sisoa? Sisoa, uh, sorry. Okay. There was a technical error <laughs> where the news was not on air. Yeah. So I acted quickly and fast thinking. Radio One, if you're listening, that's what I do. Yeah. And I quickly huh? put Simon Watts on news on air. Who? Simon Watts. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. On air. Yes. But and you then, took me off air. Yes. You made the opening of the show very poor. And as you know, the opening to the shows are my trademark. I thought, I thought, news hands over to you. I didn't think that I had to do that. Kath's got her back to us again. (laughs) So early in the show, oh my goodness. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I was promising you a good show today. I may have to retract that promise 
five minutes into the show. Wowzers. Why is everybody laughing next door? Why are you oh, laughing? Really funny-looking kid on Twitter. Have you seen something funny on the internet? What are you saying? Yeah, yeah. someone's put a funny picture on Twitter. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. I like a laugh. <laughs> That's a picture of me as a five-year-old. Oh, it's, oh, it's a shame. Good times. Unbelievable. I was a cute. If you if you follow, I was a cute boy. Follow at Ian Lee. I'm a cute boy. What's with the eyes? I'm. I was much cuter. I was way cuter than that. Cuter boy. You. I won a Bonnie baby competition. I won Holiday Princess. In that wins. At Ian Lee, go and have a look at my picture. I'm dead cute, right? Find Doctor Worm by They Might Be Giants and put it in the running order now. Coming up on the show, careless dumping, endless digging, and the return of the smell. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text at 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or the best way to get in touch is to give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I am going to retire because I'm not going to sit here all night reading emails.
going to be made to look a fool anymore. What do you, what do you take me for? Catherine, and you think that's better than me, do you? For sure. Picture of, let's say it, we could say it in the 1970s, a fat, bowl-cutted child. <laughs> you think that, that, and that's you, by the way. What's what's, what's, what's that, like a tree growing out of the, the bottom uh, of I your... I was a, a holiday princess crowning in, I think it was Pontins. Oh, um, gosh. So that was gosh. the exotic mural in the background. Yeah. In yeah. the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, mural, not mural, that's a woman's name. Uh, and, and um, I was being funny. Um, well, you say funny. I was trying to be funny, like um, trying. What's her name? Hilda Ogden. She had a mural, didn't she? Okay. Well, this is... <laughs> I do feel sorry for your husband. Let's just say <laughs> um, my baby picture is better. Okay. Well, you can say that. We will do. We will say that. I um, don't need to say it. No, you, well, you don't need to. But you did. You made. A, you needed to make a point of coming in saying, "Ian, look at your Twitter." Oh no! Click on my name. Oh look! Click on that picture. Oh look! That's me. Well, you said pretty much the same thing to no. me. You started it, in fact, yeah, in that way. Yeah, exactly, and so you should have left anyway, it. this isn't about us. No. I have a story to impart. This is an important story, actually, as well. A Bedford woman has been fined hundreds of pounds after the people she paid to dispose of her rubbish. Well, they didn't. They dumped it round the corner. 49-year-old Barbara Brown gave a stranger 10 quid to get rid of a pile of junk from outside her home. True to his word, he got rid of it... About 30 seconds after picking it up, he left the lot in the next street along. Well, Catherine Boyle is, uh, is our rubbish correspondent in every sense of the word. This seems a bit excessive, a few hundred pounds, fine. What happened? OK, Barbara Brown lives in Fieldside in Bedford. It's not far from a recycling tip in Barker's Lane. But although she can drive, she doesn't have a car. And she says the rubbish had been piling up for some time. We have pictures of said rubbish, I can show you. It certainly was piling up. So when a man offered to take it away, she thought, OK... Paid him £10, job done. And he said, I'll take the rubbish for you if you want it for an extra tenner. So I said to him, I've got a load more rubbish out in the garden if you want to do that as well and I'll, I'll pay you extra. He said, yeah, all right, let me go and get rid of this lot and then I'll be back to get the rest of the lot. So while he'd gone, I'm out in the garden getting a bit, all the rubbish out of the shed and everything and he never came back. Next minute, I know about... I don't know, about a month later, I'm getting a letter in the door saying about that I've fly-tipped rubbish. OK, why didn't the council take the rubbish away? Well, Barbara Brown tells us she's never had a recycling bin and when she ran out of recycling bags, it took three months for the council to deliver some more. Because I never had a, a, a recycling bin when I moved in, so they kept sending me recycling bags and when I rang up the last time for my recycling bags, it took three months to get some. Even when I went to see the guy when they took me in to interview me... I explained to them about the bags as well and about my bins and they said they'd get it sorted and they still never got it sorted. So I, in the end, I rang them again and I said to them, look, it's been three months. They said they will bring me out a new rubbish bin but they brought me out a big black bin instead of a little uh, 
recycling bin? Now, I, I can see kind of holes in this story, but I, I, I have every sympathy for uh, for Barbara Brown, but it, it, it's still no excuse, is it, what she just said? At the end of the day, the rubbish has to be her responsibility, doesn't yep, it? Yep, and she's had to accept that. Bedford Borough Council identified the rubbish dumped in Epping Walk in February last year's, uh, year as hers because the bags contained paperwork with her name and address on them. Oh dear. As well as the bags, there were bits of cardboard and other commercial waste, but Mrs Brown says that these didn't belong to her. The authority took photos, which we can put on our Facebook page if please you want. Please do, yeah, please Evidence do. Evidence of said pile That's of rubbish. That's what the social network was invented for. Um, they ended up prosecuting her. So last month, Mrs Brown appeared in court and pleaded guilty to fly-tipping, contrary to Section 34 of the Environmental Protection Act 1990. She was fined £225, ordered to pay £212 cost plus a £22 victim surcharge. Now Barbara Brown says she has debts, so she has to pay this now, and things haven't ended well. I feel a bit gutted because now it's it's not just a tenner. I've got to pay out. I've got to pay £500 fines. So, you know, it's not... Obviously, it didn't end up very well. When I went to visit them, when they were investigating it, they basically told me I was to blame anyway, even if, you know, even if I'd given it to somebody else because it was my rubbish... I was to blame, so I didn't bother arguing the case. I just played guilty. I'm guessing the council is happy with this outcome. Well, we've heard from Councillor Charles Royden, who's the portfolio holder for Environment and Transport at the Borough Council. He said, you can't just give your waste to any Tom, Dick and Harry and expect them to take it away and dispose of it correctly for a tenner. That's how it all ends up dumped by the roadside and law-abiding taxpayers end up having to fork out to have it disposed of correctly. I'll we'll be speaking to Barbara Brown in about an hour. Good, I look forward to speaking to her. I have great sympathy for her, but uh, uh, my thoughts, dear listener, maybe you could um, back me up or tell me I'm wrong. You, uh, I've paid people to take away rubbish, and you kind of trust them. You're supposed to ask them to see their paperwork, and I think perhaps I should start doing that in the future. But whenever I've paid people to take away my rubbish, it's been like 50, 60, 70 quid. To expect someone to take it away for a tenner, is that naive, do you think, maybe? I guess if the dump isn't that far away... And someone's got a van full of stuff. Yeah. You can see that maybe they're doing you a favour. Mm. Has anyone got any sympathy for Barbara Brown? Oh, 08459, etc, etc, etc. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. On the speed sensors in Luton, London Road looking busy already at the Kidneywood roundabout as you join the motorway. Also in Kings Langley, the A41 southbound heavy going as you approach the M25. On the M40 northbound, one lane is closed between 6 for Watlington and 8A for Oxford for repairs after a coach fire yesterday. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.16, it's Tuesday the 8th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedford woman who paid a stranger to get rid of her rubbish has been fined hundreds of pounds after it was dumped round the corner just past her house. Another delay to roadworks in Hemel Hempstead will cause some businesses to fold. That's according to shopkeepers. And Bob Geldof says his family is beyond pain after his daughter Peaches was found dead at her home, aged 25. The weather today, sunny spells with occasional showers. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. How about a bit of 
murder and death, particularly local murder and death from the 19th century. I mean, one of the crimes in the book, I think there's a potential there for miscarriage of justice. Here until three o'clock this afternoon. More great music to come in the next two and a half hours. Every once in a while, I like a little bit of epic on this programme. Nick Coffer. Today, I'm just outside of Aylesbury at Stoke Mandeville. I'm at Hula, which is an animal rescue centre in the paediatrics ward of the L&D Hospital. I'm in St Albans. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. So, Barbara uh, Brown, she pays some fella 10 quid to get rid of her rubbish. He puts it in his van, dumps it, what, what, not even two streets away, just around the corner. Have you got any sympathy for her? Uh, Ivan's in Ivanhoe Beacon. Morning, Ivan. Good morning, Mr Ian. Not today, Geoffrey. Oh... interested in things I'm not a real doctor but I am a real
Morning, Justin. Morning, boss. Hey. Good record. Yes, yeah, a good record, that. Mm. They might be giants, and people only think of uh, Birdhouse in Your Soul. But they had some excellent songs as well. Mm, I enjoyed that. Yeah, very, very nice, uplifting. Beautiful. Yes. I'm yes. going to make a mixtape. I mean, I'm going to um, <laughs> make a list of songs uh, by They Might Be Giants that I recommend Catherine downloads oh. and pays for legitimately. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, listen, the reason we've got you on, you were uh, you were all a, all a buzz and all a, a tremble in the office yesterday, weren't you? I was, yes. You said, guys, guys, <laughs> I th- guys, guys, <laughs> guys, guys, I think I may have a story for you. Or mm. as, as you put it, I think I may have a story for you. Because you like to abbreviate words, don't you, Just? I do, I do, yes, yes. Now, the, um, the, the reason we got you on, the story you had for us, is, is a cracker one. The Hemel Roadworks. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned it yesterday, and I was like, oh, Justin, for goodness sakes, they, those finished ages ago. We know they were supposed to finish just before Christmas, um, and then there was uh, a bit of a, a, a hoo-ha, and so they were put back towards the end of March. The March has March come and gone. We're, we're midst through April now, so those roadworks will be gone. You went, boss, I'll stop you there. I don't think those roadworks have gone. No. What's going on, Just? Incredibly, uh, the traders have now received a letter. Uh, we do have that letter, and it says to them that the roadworks won't be completed until the middle of May. And this was supposed to originally, am I right, have, have finished... October of last year. Yep, to give our listeners some background here, these roadworks started on the 10th of June last year. They were meant to be finished by the end of October. Basically, Ian, it's a complete and utter building site still. People aren't using the shops. People are in a desperate need of some funds. Now, back in January, you spoke to Terry Doris, the councillor in charge of highways at Harpershire County Council. Here's what he had to say to you. There's a lot of work been done by Decorum Barrett Council, by Hertfordshire County Council, to mitigate as much as possible a, a development uh, or, or the impact of the development. It's not easy. It's a very old road. It's a road that we've kept open as much as we possibly could. All right, let's ask, when is it going to be finished? The project is due to be finished mid to late March. There, there is work starting on the entrance at Queensway and if we can get it finished beforehand, we will absolutely will. Can you guarantee um, that late March it will all be done, that's it, everything will be gone? You are always going to be a hostage to fortune if you absolutely guarantee it. I'm not going to absolutely guarantee it, but to the absolute best of my knowledge, it is scheduled to be finished mid to late March. Hostage to fortune. Well, I'm afraid mm. the ransom demand has just been increased and the hostage has been shot in the leg, Justin. Uh, they it ain't made... finished, is it? No, it's not finished at all. Um, it's just going on and on and on. I've been talking to some of these shopkeepers up there in the old town in Hemel Hempstead. They are desperately unhappy. Uh, this is Saeed Kazaziba. Uh, he's the owner of the Moroccan Kazbar restaurant. Saeed, we're outside your restaurant here. Very, very noisy. Yes. What's business like for you? The business, my friend, is no good at all. I'm thinking about closing down. I've only been open a year. It's that bad. It is that bad. I mean, I put everything into it. It's been my dream, you know, it's been my dream job. It's been my ambition. And now I've got to my ambition. It looks like I'm going to shut down because I just can't see no... um, Next month, next month, next month. It's always next month, next month, next month, next month. You know, it's just getting ridiculous now, Mark. Can you try and put a price on it? How much money do you think you've lost because of these roadworks? For the last year, I haven't had a wage. And for the last year, I put every single penny that I've had in my pocket and in my bank to go into this ambition that I've had. And now, and um, I, I, haven't, I haven't been paid for, for, for a year. Um, I'd say at least eight grand, ten grand. 
funny enough, I was doing exactly the same thing. You know, I was I was in construction, and this has been my ambition. And um, well, as uh, somebody who's in construction, yeah. what's your thoughts on on what's happened here since last year? How uh, badly wrong have they got this? They got it very wrong. I mean, uh, like I say, I'm a plant operator. No, it's just been ridiculous, mate. They've, uh, you know, they're doing their best. I don't blame the people that are on the floor. I blame the people who are in the offices because the people on the floor they're just doing the, what the people in the offices are telling them to do. And uh, it's just, uh, it's just, I can't understand it. I've, I've, I've been in construction since I was 16. I'm 52, and I've never seen, you know, something go on overflow like this. You know, it's just, it's, it's too much, my friend. You know, I don't want to close, but I've got. Yeah. I'm running out of money, my friend, and I'm not getting paid. And, um, you know, it's a shame. Well, that poor fella just. What can you say? I mean, <sighs> to be fair, though, his story is like a lot of other people's stories out there. These roadworks were, were put in place to improve this particular part of Hemel. It's a, a very historic part of Hemel Hempstead. They were looking to improve business long term. But by the time these roadworks were actually completed, and we now believe it's going to be the 14th of May, how many of those shops are actually still going to be there for this big party which is going to be planned? And for those who, who don't know or may have forgotten, the, um, the the workers, there were rumours, and just rumours, uh, and hearsay, that the workers were falling asleep on the job, yep. were walking their dogs, and the concern was so great from the council, they installed CCTV to monitor the workers, Absolutely. didn't they? Yeah, I mean, off the back of our reports last year, this story ended up in a number of the national newspapers, including the Daily Mail. That's highly unusual to have CCTV cameras yeah. monitoring work, and the people up there still are saying to me, look, what are they doing up here? That man, he worked in construction for many, many years. Must be very tired. Just keeps on going on and on. And you heard the noise. How can you have a restaurant doing lunchtime trade with noise like that out the front of your shop? The reason I say he must be very, very tired is he said he'd been doing it since he was 16. He was now 52. The implication there being he's been doing it constantly. Not constantly. Yeah, but no, no, I, I know. It, it's just a bit of fun. I'm yeah, just trying to yeah, put yeah. some light on a rather serious issue. Uh, we've got Terry Duris coming on later. It'll be interesting to um, to uh, hear what he has to say and whether he feels... There was, of course, the famous incident where you asked him several times if he feels if he, he'd let down the traders. Yep, he wouldn't answer that question. He'll answer um, it today, Just. Hopefully. I mean, he, he accused me last year of, of putting too much pressure on the council, but all we are doing is trying to get answers for these people and the traders they keep on coming to us about this issue. We've got the letter here from Jackson Civil Engineering. Uh, they're the people who are in charge, the contractors up there. That letter was sent on the 28th of March. Well, the roadworks meant to be finished uh, by the middle of March, and here we are still talking about the roadworks and still talking about businesses which, which look like they're going under because of what's been happening. Just excellent stuff. Thank you for, um, for that report, and thank you for bringing that to our attention uh, yesterday. He's good, Justin, isn't he? Yes. Terry Doris coming on later on, so... Um will certainly put those points to him. You're right, holding your stomach as though you've been winded. No, I've uh, got a bit of uh, muscle strain. Why is that? Sit-ups. Sorry? Sit-ups. What do you mean? I've been doing some. Um, I'm going to go to travel. Okay. And then... I might be able to squeeze a few more in. I might be able to squeeze a few more out. You never know. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Stopsley, Hitchin Road looking heavy from Beach Hill as you approach Luton. 
Also on the speed sensors at the Park Street roundabout, the North Orbital is heavy, heading north towards St Albans. And in Beaconsfield, Amersham Road is slow going as you head towards the Old Town. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past six. I'm Simon Watts with the headlines. A woman from Bedford who paid a passerby £10 to get rid of her rubbish has been fined hundreds after it was found just around the corner of her home. Barbara Brown from Goldington says she handed over the black bags because she was waiting for a recycling bin to be delivered. Police say a post-mortem examination will be carried out in the next few days on Peaches Geldof, who died suddenly at her home in Kent at the age of 25. Her father, Bob Geldof, has said his family was beyond pain. Some shops in Hemel Hempstead could be forced to close after more delays to roadworks in Old Town. The road improvements were meant to finish late last year but are not expected to be completed now until May. And the first official state visit by the President of Ireland to Britain begins today. Michael D. Higgins will meet the Queen and Prince Philip at Windsor Castle before political engagements at Westminster. The weather will be bright and breezy with some long sunny spells later. The odd isolated shower though this morning. Highs of 12 Celsius that's a 54 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, let's start with football. Luton Town have no fresh injury concerns ahead of tonight's game. The Hatters can't secure promotion this evening with a win against visitors Tamworth. But if they do win and Cambridge lose on Thursday, Luton will be up. Manager John Still isn't taking anything for granted, though. He wants his players just to continue working hard. We go to the end. The, the, you know, the attitude and application is absolutely fantastic. You know, we have a really, really tough game on Tuesday. And all we can do is go out with the same application, the same discipline, dedication, effort as as we've been putting in and hopefully get another three points. Elsewhere tonight, Chelsea look to overturn a two-goal deficit. They trail 3-1 going into the home leg of their Champions League quarter-final tie against Paris Saint-Germain. Borussia Dortmund host Real Madrid with Real 3-0 up from the first leg. The Sunderland manager Gus Poyet accepts that his side need a miracle to avoid relegation. Following their 5-1 defeat at Tottenham last night, which leaves them seven points from safety. Sunderland at bottom of the Premier League table. Poyet is under no illusions. Well, I'm realistic. You know, we didn't win a game in the last six or seven, and now we need to win four from seven. You need something very special. We will try. There's no other way. For the last month and a half, it's been like that. People were thinking you need to win this game or you need to win that one, and then we didn't win any. Southampton striker Jay Rodriguez will miss this summer's World Cup for England in Brazil after suffering a ruptured anterior cruciate ligament. Rodriguez was carried off during Saturday's defeat by Manchester City. He's now out for six months. And bad weather has forced the cancellation of the first day of practice at the Masters Golf. However, the weather forecast is more favourable for the rest of the week, with the tournament starting on Thursday. Simon? Yes. What was what was wrong with the, the? I must have misheard you for a second. What was wrong with the gentleman's? What ligament did you mention? Anterior cruciate ligament. A what ligament? Anterior cruciate. Yeah, you did say that. Thank you. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Gosh. Who'd have, who'd have thunk it? An anterior cruciate lim- ligament. Limigant. L- limigant. It's easy for me to say. It's not. 
It's really hard. That's it's why the, people people say that, don't they? When when someone struggles to say something, they say, "Well, it's easy for you to say." Well, no, it's difficult. For, it's the opposite. It's as if it's a joke. Ah, Catherine Boyle joins me in the studio. It's always the low point of the morning for many, many people. Not for me. Not for me, Catherine. For me, it's the meet, the midpoint. So what's this about you um, uh, doing... Uh, some crunches. Si- yeah, some crunches. Well, you were sit-ups earlier. Crunches well, are different. you know, uh, I, I, you can call them sit-ups, you can call them abdominal crunches. Well, the what, effect what is the same, they? I'm going to be ripped. <laughs> this, this, uh, this was the sound. Hang on a second. This was, uh, if I can... Uh, oh, where's it gone? This was the sound in Catherine's house last night. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Who, who knows where those tennis balls were coming from? I was from? doing ever so quietly because I didn't want to be um, <laughs> caught. So you're doing quiet sit-ups in your living room? No, in my bedroom. Right. What if your husband had come in and you're lying on the I floor said, this sweaty? isn't what it looks like. Um, I'm not doing sit-ups. <laughs> Please don't think that. I'm just looking for something. Pourquoi? Why, why are you doing this? Well, I've got a big party coming up. Yeah? I've got a slinky frock to get in. Right. And I want to make sure that I'm buff. Well, oh, gosh. I mean, sit-ups, you, you need... You need <laughs> You need about 60 grand for that. Oh, when, no, not true. When, Just um, need a little bit of tightening. <laughs> when is when is this uh, party? Don't know. When is it? Ye- it's a month. Yeah, in a month. Your That's voice broke then. Look, you're getting nervous. A month isn't enough. It is. How many sit-ups? It's only a little bit. I mean, the groundwork's there. How many sit-ups did you do? Uh, um, oh, loads. About um, 15. <laughs> really? <laughs> Is that it? I got um, interrupted by text. Yeah, from me. Yeah, I took a little break. <laughs> went back in for round two. Wow. And I, I, cause I, when you came in, I thought, wow, Kath looks exactly the same as she did yesterday. <laughs> so it's really having an impact. I'm wearing um, what's known as a cocoon dress. So you can't see that underneath there is a transformation taking place. Fact. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. We'll go through the papers in a second, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Close your eyes and I'll kiss you. Pretend that I'm missing the lips I am missing And hope that my dreams will come true And then while I'm away I'll write home every day And I'll send all my loving to you All my loving Close your eyes and I'll kiss you
She's up. Joking. You're right, Kels. Yeah. What's wrong? Do you want me to come in there and do the Heimlich? Oh, yeah. I can do a good Heimlich. What is that? That. Oh no, I can't do that. No, I'm okay. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Well, listen, you're talking about you, and let's be honest. It's all. It's before um, Team Nigel. Hashtag Team Nigel get involved. And a little bit of bounce, all right, Kath. You you are well fit, okay. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get fitter, yeah, uh, good health. The Daily Mail, page forty-three. The good health section. One of my favourite sections of my favourite newspapers. How pudding for breakfast can help you slim. What? Yeah, it's true. We all know eat a bit less, exercise a bit more is a key to weight loss. But there are many other factors at play that are only now being discovered by scientists. So let's have a look at some of these things. And we should give this... Paul Scoynes, who claims to be on the 5-2 diet. But every time in the past few months I said, Paul, are you still doing the 5-2 diet? Yeah, I am. Well, I mean, today is supposed to be a, a, a two-day where I don't eat, but I'm, 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 I'm going to eat something. So, <laughs> no, he's not. He's doing a 7-0. Anyway. So, let's have a look at some of these. Have a pudding at breakfast. Eating a breakfast that includes a sweet dessert may help you to lose weight. Includes a sweet dessert, so stuff as well. Yeah, bonus. I can't eat all that. The study published in 2012 found that dieters who followed this regimen... Regimen? Yes, okay. ...lost £37 more over eight months than those on the same calories but had a smaller low-key... The key is to indulge in the morning when the metabolism is at its most active and we can work off the extra calories. And many, uh, many, um, um, many scientists... Uh, might say that um, by listening to this show you are indeed indulging in the morning. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Another another way another way to lose weight. Make a fist for thirty seconds. Okay. Clenching your fists for half a minute, thirty seconds, can halt temptation when you have a food craving. The researcher Iris Hung. Well, well, well. Kelly Betts. Says we subliminally associate flex muscles with endurance. Now, you're right, Kels? Yeah, I didn't know that my mic was on. Yeah. (laughs) Iris Hung is a well, well, well well-respected researcher. You could say she's etc. Stick to quiet restaurants. What? Hang on, so I'm going out to restaurants and eating pudding for breakfast. This is more than I normally eat. Restaurants with all their clanging noises. You can do secret exercises, Kath. What? Well, I was trying now, to do that. At the moment, I'm doing bum cl- clenches. And so are you, I can see. And you can uh, push in and out your stomach without anyone really knowing. I'm, I'm tightening my uh, lower half. Restaurants with all their clank... Don't do that, it's just, it looks really unpleasant. Restaurant looks like you need to go to the toilet. Helps though, doesn't it? Doesn't help me. Restaurants, with all their clanging noises, and restaurants are famous for clanging noises, aren't they? Make us want to eat sweeter and saltier foods. That's why bell ringers are so fat. (laughs) Our nervous systems are wired to respond to loud noise with a faster heartbeat and higher blood pressure. In noisy restaurants, we respond by eating faster and drinking more alcohol. What? Says Dr. So Adrian I need to North. Eat faster and drink more booze. This all sounds like bad advice, but it can't be. It's and there's, the back it, of the mail. Goes, there's two more. One is drop your fat friends. Well, that's good advice, I think, for, for anybody. Uh, the other one is move, move house to Chelsea. Oh. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel thinner already. Yes, yes. It's not yes. about getting thinner, it's about being fit um, and, you and, are... and, and getting into my slinky frock. I'm quite buff. Sorry? Huh? Hmm? I'm quite buff. What's your what? definition of yeah. buff? Um, toned, tight, good-looking. Don't you have to hold your moobs when you run? <laughs> That's not buff. K- 
Catherine, what stories have you found in the newspapers today? There are lots of stories in the newspapers today. There's uh, lots of coverage of um, Bonnie Prince George on his first royal... I would say holiday, but it's not really a holiday, is it? And he's been on a holiday before. Can you stop that? Sorry, I'm just Kelly and I. They're in New Zealand and they've been rubbing shoulders and indeed noses with the locals. They make that up. It's Eskimos that do the noses, not the Maoris. No, Maoris don't do it. The Eskimos do it. Hey, but if you've got the Daily Mail... Glorious picture souvenir. George's first royal tour. Bonnie Prince, cute. Oh, and he's just so adorable. Apart in that picture, when he looks like um, uh, Winston Churchill, looks like Winston Churchill's poo. <laughs> wow, no, he doesn't look like a poo. He's very sweet, but he doesn't look impressed. But I haven't even got souvenirs of my baby. So why would I want souvenirs of a billionaire's baby? And to to make it worse, they've not even included the picture in this royal souvenir special where her skirt blows up as she gets off the aeroplane. Why? Why? It's an outrage. Did I just say so that, the, that. Um, the the heir to the fr- throne looked like Prince Char- uh, Prince uh, Winston Churchill's poo? Yeah. That's actually treason. Yep. Okay, but you're the producer, so you should have stopped it. I did stop you. I did say he doesn't. He's very I, sweet, I but he doesn't it. look very impressed. I said it twice. And I can understand why. He's not um, very impressed. Quick you? technical question. Oh. Can you just put your head towards the microphone? It's Ian. Ian. Yeah, you might want to turn those headphones down. Well, the thing is, now the thing is, I can't turn my headphones down. You can. Well, no, I, technically I can, but um, emotionally I can't because I'm going deaf. Now, why am I going deaf? Because you're getting old. No, 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 no. There's, there's. Why, am, Catherine? You're sensible. Why am I going deaf? Because you have um, your headphones on a lot. Boom, and I have them too loud. Mm-hmm. That's so. That was actually you gave the wrong answer. Sorry, Kelly. Why am I going deaf? Because you have your headphones too loud. That's correct. And Kelly. you wear them often. It's, good, it's about the frequency of wear, surely, to, to not, not just about the... Um... No, it's to do purely with the volume. And Kelly got it spot on there. It's because I have my headphones too loud. So, so I'm going deaf, so I have to have the headphones louder. What if we turn them down a, a tiny little notch? I won't be able to hear. Day, just a tiny little... No, it doesn't, that doesn't, you can't cure... You, can't, you won't even notice. You can't cure deafness... Evelyn Glennie couldn't have her... De- is she the deaf lady? Mm-hmm. She couldn't have her deafness cured by turning down her... Harp? Timpani. Percussion yeah. instrument. Percussion instrument. If, actually, if you turn a little bit down, your ears will adjust You can them. a bit cure deafness. <laughs> well said. Well, well said, Dr Cass. have you not seen oh, these amazing videos that are coming out on YouTube all the time of people oh, with cochlear earplants? I beg your implants. pardon. They've got what in there? Cochlear implants. And it's a bone that you can attach it to bone. My friend's son has one because he was born without any ears. They're putting a bone in their ear, and they put it. They attach Isn't it, and it gives signals that that read like sound. There was um, the, the video uh, that I didn't see the other week of oh, the woman who heard for the first time in her life. I didn't hear it or see it. It was great, and the nurse is saying she's just reading out the days of the week, and the woman's face as she realizes that that's what she's wow. hearing. Isn't that nuts? Isn't can that you nuts? imagine? And everything's very loud, because, of course, if you've been living in silence the whole time, it's a uh, big shock. Pardon? You could just move the mic away from your headphones. I could do that. <laughs> better? Yeah. Does that sound better now? I think so. I can't hear the squeak from your headphones okay. as much. OK, that sounds better to everyone, does it? Maybe you should get further away. OK. Just a bit further. OK, that sounds OK. Does it? You happy with that? A bit further. You happy with that? A bit further. So the thing is, the listener won't be a able bit, to... Just a bit further away from the... If I mic, keep... Just a little bit 
further away from the microphone. If, if I keep moving away... That's much better. But the listener's not going to be able to hear it's, That's fine. Don't, don't you ever worry about that. I don't know a lot about radio, but I, I think that they're meant to be able to hear me. No, 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 they, do, they don't need to. It's fine. OK, right. Well, so uh, here's the latest travel with Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Bedford, Goldington Road is slow as you leave the centre of town passing the Elm Farm Industrial Estate. Also in Harpenden, the High Street looking heavy now in both directions around the station road. And the M1 London bound looking busy between Junction 9 for Redbourne and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.46, it's Tuesday, the 8th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman from Bedford has been fined hundreds of pounds after a stranger she paid to get rid of her rubbish dumped it near her home. Shop owners in Hemel Hempstead say further delays to roadworks could put them out of business. And police say a post-mortem examination will be carried out in the next few days on Peaches Geldof, who died aged 25. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Bit of a chilly start compared to the last few mornings, but it's good news. If you look up, you can see some blue sky. The temperature at the moment uh, is around four, maybe five Celsius right the way across, and it will start to uh, warm up quite quickly. Not entirely warm, however. We've got a bit of a northwesterly breeze today, which is taking the edge off the temperature. It's going to feel a little bit cooler, but the sunshine will make up for that. We're looking at a maximum temperature of around 12, maybe 13 Celsius. Overnight, a really nice end to the day with some sun. Sunshine, some uh, patchy cloud overnight, but the wind falls light. That's going to allow the temperature to drop. We could see a bit of mist developing, but also the temperature getting down to a minimum of around three Celsius. It may drop a little more out in the more prone, uh, sheltered spots where we could see a sparkle or two of grass frost tomorrow morning. So if you have any tender plants, it's worth protecting those just in case that does happen. So for tomorrow morning, a chilly start again, but we should get some sunny spells. A bit of cloud we're chasing around, cloudier than today, uh, but the temperature a little bit warmer, maximum getting up to 14 Celsius on Wednesday. That's 57 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they're starting to introduce an American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It would be uh, remiss of us not to do the papers or to do the papers and not mention Peaches Geldof. I know what shocking, shocking news yesterday that she was found dead at the age of twenty-five at her home in Kent. Um, not an awful lot of actual fact coming out at the moment. Quite a bit of speculation already um, on social media. The press are putting quite a lot in, aren't they? There's a lot of there's a lot of guesswork going on, and um, it's. Uh, I, I think nobody could argue that this isn't a very sad 
story uh, because she's she was a kid, she's 25. She was a mum of two kids who uh, they weren't even two, I don't no, think. I think the youngest is about to turn one. And her her family has been blighted by tragedy. So whatever you thought of of Peaches Gilder, whatever you think of her, uh, it, you, you can't deny that this is an incredibly sad story. Yeah. Very sad. Horrible, but I'm not sure there's much more you can say about no. it than that without veering into the vulture-like... I mean, some of the some of the papers are dribbling over it. I don't want to get a bit... I don't want to get too mockish. And also, I was listening to Five Live on my way in. I, I couldn't pick up Wally Webb. Uh, and they had uh, the showbiz editor of the Daily Mirror on. Uh, and he said, well, we've uh, lost one of um, the, the biggest talents, one of the biggest stars. Well, well... Let, let's get things in perspective. No, she wasn't one of the biggest stars and probably wasn't one of the biggest talents. I've met her, I worked with her, she was very, very nice. She's clearly quite a bright girl. Yeah, very nice, very intelligent, very, very funny. I thought she was delightful when I met her. Um, but I, the, the tragedy for me is not the, the great loss to the showbiz world, it's the fact that two kids have lost their mum uh, and uh, her family has got even more pain. What, what a horrible, you know, series of events they've, they've had to endure over the years. But it's that sort of show business aspect that is quite distasteful. I noticed in quite a lot of the online newspapers, they've started to, you know, to bulk out their reports because there's precious little fact with um, what various celebrities, and I'm using, you know, quote bunnies there, say about oh. the loss of, uh, of such a young life. I mean, really? Do we really want to know... What Philip Schofield thinks about it, and or the what um, the Miley Class thinks about it, is that the news? The amount of um, speculation about her last tweet a couple of days ago of a picture of her as a, as a baby in yeah. her mum's arm. We 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 have no idea. Let's let's not have any guesses. She was tweeting all the time. Yes. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's uh, have a little bit of Mark Bolan, and then we'll get the latest. Oh, that play centre that was flooded. Let's find out what's happening to that after this. Yeah. <laughs> On a Saturday night 
08459 four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, now, two months ago, we told you about Parents Paradise, a soft play centre in Watford, which had been flooded out after all the heavy rain, and it was proper flooded out. Proper flooded out. Water everywhere, even the bins are floating. Sorry, I've just seen an incredible picture that I'll, I'll get back to in a second. Apparently, it's looking a little bit different these days. We can speak to uh, Lynn Presence, who's the co-owner. Morning, Lynn. Morning. Lynn, so, so last, well, the first time we spoke, it was flooded and the water was really deep uh, and it was a mess. Yeah. Last time, yeah, you were kind of getting there. What's the latest? We're opening tomorrow. Hey, get in there. <laughs> in time for it. Easter. Yes, in time for Easter. I can't believe it. I mean, everyone that came said, you'll never do it. You'll never do it in eight weeks. You know, the builders to the drying out company, you'll never do it in eight weeks. And we said, yes, we will. And I just can't believe we're actually going to open tomorrow. How much work has it taken, Lynn? Uh, Well, everything's been done from the ground up to about, we had to go up to about six foot. So all of the plaster's been taken off, everything was dried out, all the play frame, all the carpets, all the equipment, everything that was anywhere near the floor has gone and been replaced. But even the things that weren't near the floor, that just the damp in in the atmosphere ended up ruining, like coffee machines and fridges and well things on counters and it was quite ridiculous but uh, it's all it's all done there's a few minor things that that, you know aren't quite finished but they're not things anyone will notice it's all looking new we've got new attractions on the playground fantastic new go-karts which have got animal prints on them. We've got a battery-operated oh. um, go-kart. Oh, on the train. yes. School holidays, yeah. yeah. Um, did the, have the insurance paid up yet? Because you were struggling with that a bit, weren't you? Yes, they did. Yeah, they, they've done it in two or three different lots. And now, yes, I was waiting for it when I spoke to you. Um, but now we're pretty up-to-date with what they owe us now. So I've been pleasantly surprised. However, as I said to you before, we've just had to get on with it yeah. and hope and pray they weren't going to have any issues with it. Well, thank God they haven't. You sound so much more uh, relaxed than you did the last two times we spoke. I, I, I am, except it's a very strange situation to be in because I'm not quite sure what today will bring. Either A, nobody will come, or B, everybody will come. I'm not sure which I'm most scared <laughs> of. <laughs> so listen, Lynn, let, let's try and get everybody to come. Give us, a, give us a plug. Tell us exactly where it is and how they can find you. Well, have a look at the Facebook page. We posted a brilliant video shot with all the staff on it last night, but it's um, um, Parents Paradise on Facebook. Um, but we're on the Gretham Road Industrial Estate in Bushy, um, WD23 2NZ. And is so it, come is along it, and see us. Is it to, it's today it's opening? It's today it's opening at 9.30. We're open 9.30 to 6.30, uh, all through the Easter holidays. So please try and come and visit us. It will help us massively to get ourselves back on our feet. If people do come and visit us, even just once, that would be fantastic. And if you get a chance, send us a little email either tonight or in the next couple of days just to let us know how it goes. I will do. Thanks ever so much. Best of luck, Lynn. Thank you very much indeed. Lynn Presence, co-owner of Parents Paradise. Do go and support that. They've got cars with batteries. My boys would love the cars with batteries. How cool would that be? Uh. 08459 four double five five double five is the phone number. Where was that picture, Catherine, that you just showed me? We're talking about um, Peaches Geldof. Oh, there it is. That Paul Scoynes has tweeted this. Front page of the Metro. It's the free newspaper you get in London. If you go on the Tube in London, um, then you'll find it scattered around. And it's, uh, it's a half-decent read. Frighteningly, it's the only newspaper that a lot of Londoners read. 
Uh, it's kind of a half decent. You get the gist of stories from it and not much more. The front page of the Metro today is, is retweeted by Paul Scoynes, and uh, it, it, I agree with you, Paul. It, it does feel distasteful. In the arms of my mother, the last picture tweeted by Peaches Geldof before her death at the age of 25. So there's a picture of her, what is she there? Six, being held by Paulie Yates. And the headline is, together again. Come on, guys. It's not, it's not Paul and Ringo reuniting. You know, it, it, it's not the Eagles getting back together. It's a, two, it's a dead mum and her dead daughter. Together again? Really? I find that quite shocking. I, that, that, that's thoroughly unpleasant. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. You can give a call up and give us a call, and I'm not quite sure what there is, uh, is to say, really. And I certainly don't want people phoning up saying, oh, she, she was a terrible woman. She, I don't want any of that kind of nastiness today. I don't, I don't think we need to... Uh, 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 some people, when they die, yes, they deserve a, a, an open and um, uh, full critique of their lives and how they lived. I don't think a 25-year-old mum of two dying, I don't think we need to um, necessarily attack her or anything like that. 08459 455 555. We're also talking about uh, the woman who well, she had some rubbish in her front garden. Uh, some bloke came along in a van and said, hey, love, I'll get rid of that for a tenner. Oh, beautiful, lovely, fantastic. He put it in the van... Instead of taking it to the tip, he took it, what, one street away, just around the corner, and dumped it there. She's now been fined £500. Well, have you got any sympathy for this woman? We'll be talking to her uh, in a little bit, just after seven o'clock, in fact. So, have you got any sympathy for her? Or do you think, when it comes to things like getting rid of rubbish, you need to be so careful? It's her responsibility. Would love to get your thoughts on that. 08459 455 555. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things looking very slow in Harpenden at the moment. The high street really struggling in both directions around the station road. Also in Hatfield, the A414 slow heading towards Hartford as you approach the Hatfield Road. And the M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport though, that's all looking good. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. So, if you want to go and have a look at a picture of this uh, rubbish that's been flighted, you may need to tilt your head. Oh, you've tilted the picture. Oh, in that case, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. We'll talk more about it after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock with the headlines. I'm Simon Watts. Bedford woman fined for fly tipping after paying stranger to get rid of bin bags. Hemel shop owners fear closing down after roadwork delays. And Luton Town look to move a step closer to promotion. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedford woman has been fined hundreds of pounds after paying someone to get rid of her rubbish. She then dumped it round the corner. 49-year-old Barbara Brown paid a stranger £10 who offered to take her waste from outside her home in Goldington. Miss Brown, who pleaded guilty to fly-tipping last month, says the council took too long to supply her with recycling bags. I'd take a um, load of uh, black bags um, because I never had a, a 
a recycling bin when I moved in. So they kept sending me recycling bags. And when I rang up the last time for my recycling bags, it took three months to get some. Shop owners in Hemel Hempstead say another delay to roadworks has put them on the brink of losing their businesses. The work in Hemel Hempstead Old Town began last June and should have taken four months, but after several delays, they're now not due to finish until May this year. Said Kaiziba runs the Moroccan Casbah restaurant and says the work has lost him thousands of pounds already. For the last year, I haven't had a wage. And for the last year, I put every single penny that I've had in my pocket and in my bank to go into this ambition that I've had. I'd say at least eight grand, ten grand. Funny enough, I was doing exactly the same thing. You know, I was, I was in construction and this has been my ambition. Friends and fans of Peter's Geldof have been expressing their shock and sadness at her death yesterday at the age of 25. Her body was discovered at her home near Rotham in Kent. Police say a post-mortem examination will be carried out in the next few days. Her mother, Paula Yates, died from an accidental heroin overdose in 2000. Two men accused over the stabbing of four men at a Bedfordshire barn party have had their cases dropped. The Crown Prosecution Service told a court it was offering no evidence against Bailey Bowen and Liam Daniels after the party last October. Both men had been charged with conspiracy to cause GBH with intent and affray, but those charges were dropped. A dental nurse from Bedford who was accused of poisoning her boss with mercury must wait a week to hear if she'll be tried for a third time. 35-year-old Ravinda Kaur from Ettrick Drive was accused of slipping the toxic metal into a coffee that she made for their practice manager at the dental practice in Shefford. Gail Sanderson reports. 37-year-old Laura Knowles had to be rushed to hospital with stomach cramps, nausea and dizziness after drinking the coffee at the Shamsmupan Dental Practice in March 2012. An x-ray revealed mercury in her stomach, but she suffered no permanent effects. This was the second time a jury had failed to reach a verdict. The Crown Prosecution Service now has a week to decide whether to seek a third trial. Recovery teams searching for the Malaysian airliner are deploying an unmanned submarine which will map the seabed beneath the Indian Ocean using sonar. They're also trying to re-establish contact with electronic signals they detected at the weekend. And in sport, this evening Luton Town could move a step closer to promotion back to the Football League. They're at home to Tamworth in the conference. A victory would mean promotion can be secured on Thursday night. That's if Cambridge lose. The weather bright and breezy with some sunny spells and a few isolated light showers this morning highs of 12 celsius that's 54 fahrenheit get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties bbc three counties radio's big tour of beds hearts and bucks i like the woodlands at the back we walk up there all the time grew up there playing up there it's all about where you live just come and have a look and i think you'll be drawn in and all this week we're featuring berkhamstead i love my town i adore it i wouldn't swap it for the world the big tour of beds hearts and bucks bbc three counties radio what a great idea a shoe built on blocks. I'll call them blocker boots. We'll sell a million.
am going to retire because I'm not going to sit here all night reading emails. Morning! Did those blocker boots ever sell a million? We have to get those children on and question them. Morning, it's Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, busy morning. Coming up, careless dumping, endless digging and the return of the smell. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Certainly the place to go to uh, look at pictures of our next story about fly tipping. You can also text 81333, start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now here's something that could potentially happen to all of us, and I'm keen to get your thoughts on this as to where your sympathies lie. A Bedford woman has been fined hundreds of pounds after a stranger she paid to dispose of rubbish dumped it in the next street when a man offered to shift a pile of junk from outside Barbara Brown's home in Fieldside, it sounded like a bargain. Well, it didn't work out that way, did it, Barbara? No, it didn't. Thanks for joining me this morning. What what happened? So you you, you had some rubbish outside your house, did you? Yeah. And, and what? So, uh, someone just knocked on the door? Yeah, somebody knocked on the door, because I had um, a tumble dryer there as well. And they knocked on the door, they wanted to take the tumble dryer away, um, which I said, yes, they could have. And they said, for an extra ten, we'll take your black bags away, which I had about ten, fifteen black bags, um, which I was quite happy with because I thought the scrapyard's only down the road and they were going to take it for me. And I also said to them, I've got a load more in the back if you want to take some more. So they said, well, take this lot because they had a full full van and then said they'll come back and have a look at the others. And uh, But they never turned up, never came back. So until... About a few couple of months later, I got a note from the council saying that um, I was being dumped for fly tipping. So, this it was one fellow, was it? Yeah. He offered to take your rubbish. You hadn't sorted him out. He knocked on the door and said, I'll take that dishwasher and I'll take those bags as well. Yes. So, it sounded like he was doing you a massive favour. Well, I thought it was, yeah. <sighs> £10 sounds very cheap, doesn't it, to take rubbish? There, yeah. might be, there might be some people going, oh, Barbara, come on now. Did you really expect them to do it for a tenner? Well, I, I thought it was cheap, but literally the, the dump yard is about 10 minutes from my house. Yeah. And he had a full load anyway. Yeah. You know, and I thought that's why he'd offered to do it. Um, plus, when I showed him all the rubbish that I had in my back, and he thought, yeah, he'd do that for an extra £50. So in total, it was going to be sixty pounds. So he, he never made it. He never made it to the dump. Where exactly did he get rid of it? Um, well, a couple of streets around the corner. There's some garages, and he actually dumped it in the garages. Oh dear! Now you say it took a month or so for the council to um, get in touch and say you've been fly tipping. How did they? How did they know it was your rubbish? Oh well, inside my rubbish bags, I had letters with my name and address on. And when they when they got in touch, what did you think? You must have thought, no, hang on a second, I haven't done anything. Well, I did. I did think, well, what, you know, I haven't dumped no rubbish anywhere. And then when I, obviously when I went to see them and they investigated, they showed me all these letters with my name and address on. Did you, you've ended up with, with quite a big fine. It's, it's around about £500 in total. Did you? Yeah. 
ever think it would come to that? No, I didn't. And when that judgment was made, what was going through your head? Oh, well, I felt a bit, you know, I thought it was a bit unfair. Um, because I had, you know, as far as I was concerned, I'd gave it to somebody to get rid of, which I thought was, you know, a proper guy that I was giving it to. He was going to get rid of it at the scrapyard. I didn't realise he was going to get rid of it around the corner. Mm. Can you afford to pay the money, Barbara? No, I can't. So what's going to happen? Um, well, I'm going to have to pay it. I can pay it in instalment. Yeah. You must feel gutted. I do feel gutted. Uh, what would your advice be to anybody, you know, in a similar situation? Don't give anybody else your rubbish. If you're going to get rid of it, get rid of it either yourself or get a skip. Bedford Borough Council have, uh, have issued a statement, uh, Barbara. Have a listen to this. They said, you can't just give your waste to any Tom, Dick or Harry and expect them to take it away and dispose of it for ten quid. That's how it all ends up dumped by the roadside and law-abiding taxpayers end up having to fork out to have it disposed of correctly. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I am a taxpayer. Mm. You know, I, I, I thought this guy was genuine. Because in this area, we have somebody come round at least two, three times a week. Why, why did the council not collect the rubbish? What rubbish? Uh, well, the, 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 in the black... Oh, my rubbish? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you're I... sorry, in the black... When it was in the black bags, why did the yeah. council not come and collect it? Oh, when I first moved in into the house, I didn't have a, a recycling bin, and I only had a, a little tiny black bin. And uh, I rang the council, and they sent me out some recycling bags. I've used all them. Next time I rang the council for some more bags, I didn't get any bags. And it kept... It took about three months before I actually finally got some bags. And then once I'd got the bags and finished those bags, I went to the council over this thing and they said they'd sort it out for me about bins and bags. And I still never got any. And eventually I rang up and I explained to the lady that this is like three months later, I haven't got no recycling bags. So she said to me she'd send me straight out a recycling bin. And eventually I got the recycling bin. Barbara, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly a warning to everyone out there. I'm, I'm sorry it's ended up costing you 500 quid. So am I, but, yeah, just don't let anybody else take it unless you know exactly who they are so that you can point the finger, really, if they do dump it. Appreciate your time this morning, Barbara. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's Barbara Brown. Over to you. Your thoughts on this. Now, I've called blokes up to come and collect my rubbish. I, I didn't know if they were legit or not. But how, do, how am I supposed to know? What am I supposed to ask for? Am I supposed to ask for a certificate of authenticity? Is that how it works? I think so. You're supposed to see paperwork, but... But what paperwork? They could show me anything. They could show me a Kit Kat wrapper and I'd go, oh, yeah, all right. Do you know, when we first heard this story, I thought, oh, paid him a tenner. Yeah, of course she, yeah. You know, of course she th- thought he was going to throw it away in a responsible fashion. But the more she talks, you know, yeah. the dump was just around the corner. He yeah. had a full load. He could have been doing her a favour. In fact, the, the, what, what kind of shifted my opinion slightly was that he said to her... Oh, I'll get rid of that for you. Yeah. It wasn't she hadn't got in touch with him looking for a cheap deal. He had said, I'll get rid of that for a tenner. Plus, it wasn't going to be just a tenner, was it? He was supposed yeah. to be coming back for more. 
Okay, I need some help on this one, please, dear listener. How does how does this work? If you, if you're because I have had people come and get rubbish from my front garden before, and I've paid them fifty, sixty quid for it. I got them to come and do it a few times. I didn't ask for any certificates uh, or any documents. Should I have done? What am I supposed to look for? And in Barbara's case, where does your sympathy lie? Initially, initially, I don't think I was that sympathetic towards Barbara, but hearing her speak. Well, she's been stitched up, hasn't she? And the fact that the fella offered to do the tipping, I'll get rid of that for you. That's what changes it for me. It's not like she phoned around and got a company to quote a tenner. It was a bloke knocking on the door saying, I'll take your dishwasher and for a tenner I'll take that rubbish. 08459 455 555. So a couple of things here. How do you know that these rubbish collectors are legit? And where does your sympathy lie in this specific case? Keen to get your thoughts on this this morning, please. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Janet's in Ashridge. Morning, Janet. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Janet, what would you like to say? Um, I think you need to ask someone who's coming round looking for rubbish if they hold a waste carrier's licence. Oh. What does that look like? Um, well, it's a piece of paper that anyone can apply for yeah. to the environmental agency for instance, I have to have a waste carrier's license because having a farmer's market stall, oh. I have a bag, black bag of waste which I have to remove. And from January this year, I have to have a waste carrier's license to put a black bag in my car and take the rubbish home. What? Really? Yes. You need a license for that? Yes. It doesn't cost anything, but... If you are stopped and have it, they can demand a £200 fine on the spot. What? Uh, but th- th- this, this applies because you're at the farmer's market. This wouldn't apply to me just carrying some rubbish around in the back of my car, would it? I think that if you are carrying... It depends what you're carrying, because if it's food waste yeah. or something like that, then they, this is being done to discourage fly-tipping. Yep. And I think it's a good idea. It's a bit extreme for my one black bag. It does seem a little bit extreme, J- uh, Janet, because you've got one black bag a week. You've got to have a licence for it. Yes, but it costs nothing. All you have to do is go online to the environmentalagency.gov.uk and you fill in the form and they send it to you within a week. Janet, thank you very much indeed. I've not heard of that before. Flip it. They do make it... i tell you what I miss. Indulge me for 20 seconds before we go to Alice. i tell you what I miss. I miss proper, proper rubbish dumps. Proper rubbish dumps where it was all just piled up. My, my dad used to come home. He came... And I got rid of this recently, and I wish I hadn't. He came home once with a beautiful accordion in a case. It was beautiful. This big, fat beast. And it worked perfectly. And he, he found it on a dump. And he said to the fella in the dump, Can I take that? Yeah, go on, mate. Now there are all kinds of regulations. Uh, You're allowed to remove, remove things from the dump. You can't, you can't take anything from the dump. I had uh, a picture I was, I was getting rid of. It was a really nice picture, actually, but I didn't fancy it. Again, that was a silly mistake. Um, and fella said, oh, I'll have that. And the, the tip men went, well, hang on, hang on a second. Let's have a look at it. And they didn't want it, and they said it could go. Yeah. 
Isn't it funny? I miss the dumps I once got. When I broke up with my first girlfriend, I was um, taking some memories to the dump. And uh, I found um, a fantastic Barry Manilow record. I did. No, it sounds corny. I found this Barry Manilow album. What did uh, you have on it? It had. I made it through the rain. Oh, Mandy. It, no, it didn't have. If you've just been dumped, there's nothing's going to make you feel better than a Barry Manilow it was, record. It was is perfect. There? I thought this is a gift. This is literally a gift from God. I'll have. What was on there? Um. Uh, <laughs> some good songs. Hey, that's my cup! It is, it's cracked as well. Why don't you chuck this out? No, because I like it. It's got the monkeys on. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Chesant, the A10 looking slow on the speed sensors as you approach Waltham Cross. And the M1 London bound, that's heavy going now between junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne. On the M25, anti-clockwise, we've got queues between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Then the M40 itself, northbound carriageway, still one lane closed between Junction 6 for Watlington and 8A for Oxford for repairs after the coach fire yesterday. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much, Alice. 7.17. It is Tuesday, the 8th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman who paid a stranger £10 to dispose of her rubbish has been fined nearly £500 after it was dumped round the corner of her Bedford home. Shop owners in parts of Hemel Hempstead are considering closing if there are further delays to roadworks near Old Town. And a win at home to Tamworth tonight would mean Luton could be just days from promotion back to the Football League. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The town is steeped in history. You've got Berkhamstead Castle within the town. Inviting everyone to where you live. A little gem within Hertfordshire. And it's as if it's been picked up from somewhere like the Cotswolds or something and dropped here. And all this week, we're featuring Berkhamstead. I love my town. I adore it. I wouldn't swap it for the world. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. I like St Peter's Church. It's lovely to go and sit in if you want to. Quaint little market town that's really lively and buzzy. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Berkhamsey is a lovely place to live. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, got some texts here on the fly tipping. Let's do one of these. Pat says, Ian, any rubbish loaded truck stopped without producing a waste licence should have their truck confiscated and given a minimum two-year prison sentence. Oh, g- g- Pat, come on, make it law. Those residents who have their rubbish disposed of should be made in law to take and check details of the truck and person. Otherwise, they face a £1,000 fine if their rubbish is fly-tipped. This should be made law. No excuses. Feels a little bit extreme, Pat. You can't send someone to prison for two years because they're illegally collecting rubbish. Deary me. Jackie's in Slough. Morning, Jackie. Morning. What, what, what would you like to say? Just, I was just Hang gonna... on a second, Jackie. You're in Slough. Yeah. We're in beds, hearts and bucks. You're in bucks. I know, but I can get you. you. It doesn't matter whether you can get me or not. You shouldn't be listening. Oh, should I go then? Go and listen to BBC Radio Berkshire. No, I don't like it. No, I know. Uh, I can understand. <laughs> all, all right, we'll, we'll let you in, but don't tell anybody else in Berkshire, OK? <laughs> all right. We can't accommodate all of those losers. All right. Jackie, what would you like to say? Well, I was just listening to that lady. And yes, yes you do have to have the uh, waste carrier's licence. Um, 
my husband used to be a painter and decorator, and he had to have one just to carry about his empty paint cans. Really? You know, yeah, and we used to have to pay for that. That was 300 and something pounds for every three or four years, I think it was, for that then. But we still had to have it. Um, and again... I would say the people that came to that lady's door, yeah. they, were, they were metal collectors, scrappers, if they wanted just a tumble dryer. Yeah. And, and they just decided to make a couple of bob on the side. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've had people knock on my door when we've been doing anything here, and can I take that for you? And I just say, no, thank you. Um, you know, we deal with it ourselves, because you just don't know. You've got to be so careful. Do you, do you miss the old days of the rubbish dump when it was a dump? It wasn't a recycling centre. Yeah. It was a dump. And you could, you could go... You I could see... have a rummage. Oh, I used to love a rummage. Yeah. The... You come back with more than what you took. Yeah, and, and it was brilliant. You'd, you'd see, like, an old VHS video recording. Yeah. Oh, I, we, we could do with one of those. I oh, know. I wonder if that TV still works. Yeah. Uh, there is a, listen, I know Slough very, very well. I grew up in Slough. And I was dumping... Bizarrely, I was dumping some rubbish in Slough about three weeks ago. My mum still lives near there. And um, I went to the tip that's... Do you know the tip in Chalvey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, OK. So I was in the tip in Chalvey, and this fellow who was working there came up to me. He's got no teeth, right? And he went, all right, Ian, don't see you much these days. And I thought, who's, who's, who's this? And I thought he maybe recognised me from the telly, so we're mm. chatting. And I said, do I know you? He said, yeah, yeah, I used to go to primary school with you. Oh. Isn't that mad? And he was, yeah. I, I, I remembered him, and we had a lovely chat, and we, we were talking about names that I haven't heard for 30 years. Really? Wonderful. Yeah. Jackie, whereabouts in Slough are you? Uh, I don't really want to say. Oh, is it top secret? Yeah. Oh! Are you in? Are you in the posh end or the common end? The hey, there we go, Jackie. That's why you don't want to say. Listen, you can listen as much as you want. Don't tell anybody else no, about I us, won't. okay? No. Thank you, Jackie. Oh, it's nice getting calls from Slough. I grew up in Slough. It's kind of like I'm just I'm touching home a little bit. In fact, I'm going to Slough today. Going to uh, sit in Wexham Park Hospital. Yes, that's right. The hospital that the head of the CQC said nobody should want to go to as it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm going there today. Yeah, the coffee does taste a bit rank. Yeah, it does. Oh eight four. I mean, delicious. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. A group of shopkeepers from Hemel have been told the roadworks they blame for a dangerous drop in footfall, and that should have finished in October, then should have finished in March. Well, they're going to go on for at least another month. Businesses trading on the high street of Hemel Hempstead Old Town contacted BBC Three Counties Radio before Christmas. Well, this just keeps going on and on and on, doesn't it, Justin? Oh, Ian, it's a nightmare for these traders. Um, these roadworks started on the 10th of June last year. Uh, due to be uh, completed by the end of October, they weren't. They carried on until, what, early December. They were then lifted for the Christmas trade. They then resumed in early January. We were told by the council live on air they would eventually be finished by the end of March at the latest. Well, in the last few days, the traders have received a letter from the contractor saying the works have been delayed yet again and the new date for completion is the 14th of May. Now the thing is there are some people who might be listening going ah oh, well you know what it's a little bit of roadworks that they'll get over it but but where these roadworks are this is um, access to some really small independent shops yep. and it's affected their business badly hasn't it what have traders been saying to you? Well they're absolutely furious because they're losing so much money I mean effectively it's still a building site up there so people are just avoiding the area that there's no passing trade whatsoever. This is San Sandeep Singh, who runs the off-licence in the Old Town. Well, Sandeep, we're outside your off-licence high spirits here in the Old Town. Again, it's incredibly noisy. Describe to me how business has been since these roadworks began here. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, 
I mean, I've lost a hell of a lot of money, time, patience, really. All we do is just clean these premises and no customers because there's no one can park, no one can hop on, hop off. All these car park spaces that they made, people park and just go to work. I can't even park my own car, let alone customers can park outside. It's, it's, it's getting to a stage where I'm thinking of probably saying goodbye to the business. I mean, it's a sorry state. I come 25 miles, drive down here to make a day's living, and someone's just killed our business, really, more or less. Uh, we've had enough, absolutely. We, we all have. I'm sure every other business is suffering exactly the same way I am. Uh, but uh, mine was purely hop-on, hop-off business, and there's no cars around. So, absolutely, it's, it's diabolical. And do you think, by the time these roadworks are completed, and, of course, that's now been put back to the middle of May... Do you think by the time they're finished, you'll still be here? I mean, I'll try my best as long as I can, but it's come to a stage, like I said, I'm literally feeding out of my pocket. You know, whatever we had for our rainy days, it's all gone in this. So you genuinely don't know if you're still going to be here? I wouldn't. Come mid-May? No, no. Business down the road, just change hands. There are other businesses are going... And continuous noise and so much air, air pollution and noise pollution. We've had enough. No business. How long you can survive? It's nearly a year. I remember M25 was made within a year and a half, and this is just just not on. So they could have a, a new shiny high street here with with no shops. Absolutely, absolutely. That's so true. Well, Justin, thank you very much for that. Joined now by Barry Garvin from Fret's Music. Morning, Barry. Hi there. Now, we've, we heard, we spoke to you before Christmas, and business was um, certainly being impacted by this. How, how have things been the last couple of months? It's been absolutely horrendous. I mean, um, our turnover for February and March, um, for, for the equivalent months last year, we literally have done one week's turnover. Um, for what would have been a whole month for the previous year. And we are literally playing shops. People just can't, you know, okay, yes, there are some pedestrian, there is some pedestrian footfall for people who live nearby, but for people who would normally have to drive to come and see us, they just can't get to us, and they're obviously going elsewhere. And we are literally standing, playing shops all day, um, and just paying our bills now out of... um, capital. How are things going financially for you, Barry? Because I remember before Christmas, you, you had a lot of stock that you hadn't paid for, but that mm. your, your, um, your kind of dealers were, were saying, don't worry, you, you pay us when you can. How, how is that situation? Well, I'm still paying cash up on that, so I'm using personal funds now to pay these bills, and that is not a viable business model. I mean, you know, we, we've sunk everything into this, and we, we, you know, we didn't do this with a view to being in a, in a situation that we are in now. It's just horrendous. Do you think the business could close? Um, if it goes on for much longer, we, we you know, we, we, we'll have to look at our options because we're, when these works started, we thought, okay, four months during what would be a quieter time anyway, we thought we could just about ride that. Um, if we'd known from the outset it was going to be effectively a year before the roadworks were finished, we, you know, we'd have had the option then to at least look at it and say, well, maybe we'd be better off somewhere else. But they keep moving the goalposts, it's next month, next month, next year, and... We're now at a situation where if they do keep to their, their latest deadline, which is May, it will effectively have been a whole year since his work started for a quarter of a mile stretch of road, and it's just laughable. Who do you blame for this, Barry? It's, well, it's, it's easy to, you know, to just lay blame on people. I don't blame the actual contractors themselves. I, I, 
I blame the management of it, and I, I do think that not having a penalty clause in the in the contract um, has had a knock-on effect to the point that they'll, th- th- the attitude is just that, oh, we'll finish it when we'll finish it. And, you know, if, if there's some casualties on the way in, in terms of retailers closing, well, that, that'll just be collateral damage. Um, if there had been a penalty clause, this work would have been done a whole lot sooner. And I, I believe the council are negligent in not imposing a penalty clause here. Barry, we're going to be sp- speaking to uh, Terry Duris in an hour. He's uh, in charge of highways at Hertfordshire County Council. W- what would you like to say to him? Well, anything I say now is, is irrelevant. I mean, it's, it's too little too late because we've had a, a massive dent in, in the previous financial year. Um, our accounts for the previous year are about to be finalised, but I, I do know that on, on, a, on an everyday level, I'm using personal capital to keep our business afloat. I cannot continue to do this for much longer. How much longer do you think you, you, you've got if it carries on like this? Um, I don't. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm, I, I go in every day with optimism, thinking, well, okay, from here on it's going to be better, and it's coming to an end now, and you know, very soon we'll be back to where we were. Um, I really can't put a, it, I cannot put a time on it, but I would say that, you know, it, it, as an ongoing situation, supporting a retail business using capital is not a viable business model, and something has to move. I, I, I wish you the best of luck, Barry. There's nothing more I can say. I, I hope that you and Fret's music, I hope this, this gets sorted out and you, you, you manage to turn it around. Thank you. We'll Thank, do our best. Thanks a lot for your time. We'll speak again soon. Barry Garvin from Fretz Music. We'll be speaking to Terry Duris a little bit later on and certainly putting those points to him. Let's get the travel news now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 is queuing on both approaches to the roundabout. And also on the sensors in Hitchin, the A505 looking very slow as you head towards the centre of town. The M25 clockwise, slower than usual around Junction 23 for the A1M and the anti-clockwise carriageway queuing between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. On the M1 London bound, things are heavy between Junction 10 for Luton and 9 for Redbourne, but public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven. I'm Simon Watts. The headlines, a Bedford woman who handed over ten black bags to a stranger who said he dumped them for a tenner has been fined hundreds of pounds. Barbara Brown was selling a tumble dryer to the man who left the rubbish two streets away from her home in Goldington. Friends and fans of Peaches Geldof have been expressing their shock and sadness at her death yesterday at the age of 25. Her body was discovered at her home near Rutham in Kent. Police say a post-mortem examination will be carried out in the next few days. Businesses in Hemel-Hempstead Old Town are being forced to close down after losing thousands of pounds while roadworks are carried out. The improvements have been delayed until next month, having originally been meant to be finished by late last year. The weather, a largely dry and sunny day ahead with just the odd isolated shower through the morning. Highs of 12 Celsius, that's 54 Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, Luton Town can move a step closer to promotion back to the Football League this evening. No fresh injury concerns ahead of the visit of Tamworth to Kenilworth Road. They can't secure promotion tonight, but if they do win, they'll be looking at Cambridge United to lose on Thursday. Manager John Still, though, isn't taking anything for granted. He just wants his players to continue working hard. We go to the end. The, the, you know, the attitude and application is absolutely fantastic. You know, we have a really, really tough game on Tuesday. And all we can do is go out with the same application, the same discipline, dedication, effort as as we've been putting in and hopefully get another three points. Chelsea manager Jose Mourinho says that he's got total belief in his players as they look to overturn a two-goal deficit in tonight's Champions League quarter-final tie against Paris Saint-Germain. Chelsea trail 3-1 after the first leg. I think we are going to win, really. In in the end of uh, the two legs, I think we are going to score more goals than them. Pure mathematic. I think in the end can be 4-3 or 5-4. If I don't think that way, I go and I'm, I'm happy to go. Elsewhere tonight, Borussia Dortmund hosts Real Madrid. Real are 3-0 up from the first leg. Last night, Sunderland were beaten 5-1 at Tottenham to remain seven points from Premier League safety. The Southampton striker Jay Rodriguez is to miss the World Cup for England in Brazil this summer. It's after he ruptured anterior cruciate ligaments, or to you or I, it's a bad knee injury. Rodriguez was carried off during their defeat to Manchester City. He faces six months on the sidelines. And bad weather has forced the cancellation of the first day of practice at the Masters' golf however the weather forecast is more favorable for the rest of the week that tournament gets underway on thursday bbc three counties news and sport there's more at eight o'clock call 08459 i'm a good singer I'm a very, very good singer. We need to go and do a little bit of karaoke, yeah? Oh, yeah, I could rock the house. Yeah, let's go and do a little bit of karaoke. You can do your share, and I'll just do my brilliant singing at anything. Well, like that. I've, that sounded like you got something trapped. I'm in a real predicament at the moment. Oh, tell me why. I haven't got any shower gel. Yep. And I haven't got any deodorant. Yeah, we noticed. Oi. I can get you the air freshener from the loo upstairs. I'm all right. I'm all right for a couple of days. Couple of days. What? Yeah. What's wrong with your hand, Kels? Got a splinter. Hey, do you want me to suck it out? No, that's a snake bite, isn't it? No, that's when you do a wee wee on it. No, that's a jellyfish. No, that's when you kiss it better. Oh, okay. What it's... song would you do for karaoke? <laughs> isn't it funny when the kids hurt themselves? They hurt themselves quite badly, and they're crying. Do you want Daddy to kiss it better? Yeah. And it makes it better. It makes it better! Suckers. It actually don't know if they're such Muppets, children. What song will I do karaoke? Um, any, any, any song? I think we could do Johnny and June. Um, we could do uh, I'd rather, It Ain't Me, Babe. I'd rather... Um, I'm kind Freestyle. Of a, I'm going solo. You're Lone Wolf. Yeah. I'll do Johnny and June with you. Yeah, let's do that then. Okay. You can, you can do the low I'll bits. Be Johnny. I'll do that when I'm in the toilet. You do that when I'm in the toilet and then I'll come out and do my song. Okay, which is... And we'll leave. I'll do, um, I'll do American Trilogy by Elvis. Oh, wow, that goes on for ages. Yeah, it's a real showstopper. <laughs> Always the one. <laughs> if you mean stops and everyone leaves. Look away, look away. No, that was good. I do a good Elvis. I do a good Elvis, don't I, Sue? Sue? Oh, good morning, boss. Oh, Sue, I do a good Elvis, don't I? Do you? Well, have a listen. What? Okay. I have... Here we go, hang on. Yeah, yeah. 
Whoa. I can't remember how it goes. How does the song go? I, I was in a land of cotton. Old times they are not forgotten. No, don't you look at don't look at me when I do. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. They've got their backs to me like on the voice, Sue. Oh, oh I, I wish I was in Dixie. Oh, oh, Kelly's turn round. Away. Oh, I'm doing that thing where I say you turn. You. No. Away for Dixieland. I'll take my stand to live and die in Dixie. Do you remember Wagbo? For Dixieland. It's where I was born. Early Lord, one frosty morn. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. Is that it? Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is my. He's a grown man. You finished? Is that it? His truth is my... This might get a bit tricky. Come down. Sue, thanks very much for your call. <laughs> oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. That now, listen, that is a look that some people could equate with confusion, and of course you're confused because you didn't know I had it in me to do something like that, did you, ladies? To sing, to perform, to. I entertain. wish you kept it in you. How rude! How rude! Good voice, isn't it? Good voice. I don't, I don't like to display it too often, but every now and then. Um. Uh, Ian, uh, James has emailed me in. OMG. Oh, thanks. Have you heard the Chocolate Rain song on YouTube? Your Ill- Elvis impersonation sounds like the Chocolate Rain singer. Have a look. Is that now? I'm assuming that's a compliment. I'm assuming that's high praise indeed. Gary and Luton on the subject of fly tipping. Ian, I think the, the council fining that woman £500 for fly tipping is a disgrace and completely over the top. As usual. They attack the easy target, the innocent person, rather than trying to find the crooks. I see these scrap and rubbish collecting vehicles every day driving about. Obviously, they don't. Give the lady her money back, council. Shame on you. 08459 455 555. Now, we're talking about the uh, roadworks in Hemel. Should have finished in October of last year. They didn't. So then they should have finished in March of this year. They didn't. Now the latest date is the 14th of May. Well, we've already spoken to one shopkeeper there. We can now speak to uh, Helen, who runs another business on the high street, Enchanted Oak. Morning, Helen. Morning. How are you feeling? Um, I'm all right, thank you. It's a lovely sunny day. <laughs> this, uh, this story just keeps on going and going. When Justin mentioned it yesterday, we we're all, oh, Justin, for goodness sakes, this will have finished now. There's no way, there's no way the council would let this go on past March. It's going to go on until the middle of May at the, the, uh, the earliest. 
Um, yes, we, we've had a letter saying that it should be finished on the 14th of May, and I spoke to the foreman of the site yesterday, who says that that would be right, so they've just got the tidying up and a bit of resurfacing to do, so we're, we're, the end is very near. Do you believe um, it now, Helen? Because we've heard that a couple of times before, haven't we? Um, well, looking at it, I mean, we only moved into the old town in February. Right. Looking at how they are working, I mean, I have to say that I think that they're working really hard. Yeah. And they've been um, working sort of from 7 o'clock in the morning till 7 at night sometimes. And in looking at it, it's only the resurfacing and a few changes. Um, it doesn't look like it can because it, it doesn't actually look like there's anything else mm. left to do. So unless they have to restart the whole job again, I don't think... It can go on past that. So did you take over the business in February? We were actually across the road um, for two years, and we moved into the old high street in February. Right. Um, But I have to say that since we've moved there, so we've been there eight weeks, we've doubled our turnover. Gosh. Um, even though there's road closures and there is a lot of negativity around, um, because we're something completely different. People have come from Dunstable, they've come from Hatfield, um, we're, we're getting them from far away coming to visit us, um, so we're just directing them into the right car park and they're finding their way in. So I don't think it's been too bad for us. Mm. Um, when the road was shut completely outside our shop, then it, it was a little bit noisy and disruptive. But on the whole, I feel very positive about it because when the end is done, um, it's looking really good what they have done. And there's lots of events planned for the finish. Um, There's a big street party planned and there's lots of different things coming this year. So I do feel like once it's done... It'll be really good for the community there, but it's it's just while you're going through it. Yeah. Have you spoken to uh, any of the other businesses? And, and, and Because a, a lot of them are very unhappy at the, mo- at the moment, aren't they? They are, but we've actually formed a partnership with the council and we meet every two weeks with the council about events and what else is going on. So more businesses are coming on board on that and yeah. we're actually collectively getting together to actually build up... Um, you know, some positivity between us so that we're actually formed a group together because it isn't one person on their own hasn't really got a lot of say, but to, all together we have. Um, so the, I feel like the council has, like, welcomed that on board um, and the highways were meeting every Tuesday morning with us, so any complaints we could go to them. But I, I speak to the foreman at least every two, two or three days to keep on top of what's going on, and they're very... You know, very they give a lot of information back out. So, um, but I know a lot of businesses have suffered. But as I say, we've only moved there in February, and it's been a really good move for us. Well, I hope that success continues, Helen. I wish you the very best of luck. Uh, that's Helen. Her shop is uh, Enchanted Oak. If you want to go and have a little look uh, at that, and we will be speaking to Terry Durius later on to find out exactly what's uh, going on. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Shall we have a quick look at the front pages of some of the papers? Yes, let's. Uh, the Daily Mail: Grieving Geldof's tribute to beautiful child dead at twenty-five. Peaches is dead. We are beyond pain. And it's a sad story, isn't it? It's a very sad story. There can't be anybody listening. I mean, we had a text from Monica, I think it was, yesterday, regarding a a death of a woman in Yarlswood Immigration Centre, who kind of said, well, and Monica, I apologise if I'm putting words into your mouth or into your text, but the the attitude was, come on, guys, really, why are we making a fuss about this? Worse things happen. There There is bigger news out there. 
And some people may have thought that was a little bit cold. Uh, There can't be anybody listening to this who doesn't think the Peaches Geldof story is sad, possibly even tragic. It's a girl, 25, she's got two kids under two. Her mum died when she was 11. Her family have been touched by more tragedy than a family should have. No matter what she did or who she was, that's the reason it's made the front pages. And there will be people who will possibly argue, well, hang on a second, but this happened to me, this happened to my family. Yeah, It's a tragedy, isn't it? It's a tragedy in the true sense of the word. It's on the front page of The Express as well. Peaches Geldof, found dead, age 25. They've also got the uh, exclusive bargain holidays as prices slashed. A stampede is on for bargain breaks as tour firms slash the price of Easter summer holidays. And the sun has also got Peaches dead at 25. Lynn's in Hemel. Morning, Lynn. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I am on top of the world, Lynn, because I've, I've exposed myself to the world. I know. You've upset my cat. Though. Sorry? Why is that? You're singing. What are you talking about? Well, I thought you sounded really good. Thank you. You sound very good, and when you and Kelly and Catherine sing together, you've all got great voices. Well? You'll have to bring out a charity single or something. No, no charity involved. It'll all be for our pockets. Well, that's a better idea, mm. really. But unfortunately, my cat couldn't stop yowling the whole time you were singing. Well, I think your cat's probably sick, and maybe it's time, Lynn, to uh, say goodbye to the cat. No, I don't think so. I think your cat <laughs> has obviously got something wrong with it. Sorry, I've just found some biscuits in the studio. I'm going to have a little dunk. I think he made his ears bleed. He was he looked really scared. His ears went back. He was yowling. No. He's nuts. The cat's nuts, Lynn. Well, I knew that, but he lives with me, so... I'm having biscuits. Sorry, how rude of me. I, I would suggest, Lynn, you get rid of the cat and, um... Start life on your own. Well, I could do, but he's my only company. Oh, I know. I, how long have you had your cat for? Ten years. The Ten. last one I had for 20 years. Oh, we're all good. Blimey. Mine's 15 now. I've had her for They're 13 lovely, years. Aren't they? they are lovely. Although, she goes and sits out in the rain, and I've noticed this a few times. This is horrible, what I'm about to say. Quite often, I'll get into bed, right, and I'll see tiny little slugs on the bed that have been stuck to her bottom. There's <laughs> not a lot you can say to that, is there, Lynn? I'm a bit speechless. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's a true story. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting at the Denham roundabout on the A40, all of the traffic lights aren't working at the roundabout at the moment. Uh, the A1M northbound, we've got reports the road is partially blocked around Junction 7 for Stevenage after an accident. Checking the sensors, it is looking a little slow in the area. Uh, the M25 clockwise still slow around Junction 23 for the A1M. And the M40 London bound heavy going around Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout. The northbound M40, there's still one lane closed between Junction 6 for Watlington and 8A for Oxford for repairs after a coach fire yesterday. Looking quite heavy through the closure now. Uh, public transport, we've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.47, it's Tuesday the 8th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Bedford woman who paid a stranger to get rid of her rubbish has been fined hundreds of pounds after it was dumped round the corner of her home. Another delay to roadworks in Hemel Hempstead will cause some businesses a fold, to, to fold. That's according to shopkeepers. And a missing girl from Milton Keynes has been found safe and well. 16-year-old Kayleigh Ann Payne from Fishermead hadn't been seen since uh, March the 29th. Let's get the weather now. Here's Kate. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's a different day to yesterday, I'm pleased to say. We have some blue sky, we have some sunshine. We do have a bit of a breeze, though. Westerly, northwesterly breeze, just taking the edge off the temperatures. It was a chilly start this morning. Eventually, this afternoon, despite all this sunshine, we're still going to get up to a maximum of just 12 Celsius. So it will feel noticeably cooler. Now, there's a chance of one or two isolated showers moving through throughout the course of the day, actually. Uh, But they should move through quite quickly if we get any at all uh, because of that breeze. Now, overnight tonight, the wind falls a little lighter. This will allow the temperature to drop. The minimum down to around 3, 4 Celsius likely. So likely to stay above zero. But there will be the odd place, the rural location, a sheltered spot where it may just drop a touch below. So it's those places where we may get a sparkle or two of grass frost for tomorrow morning. For Wednesday, high pressure builds in, but it doesn't mean wall-to-wall sunshine, I'm afraid. We have quite a lot of cloud around tomorrow. Uh, but it will break up, we'll get some sunny spells and eventually it will turn quite warm in the afternoon. A bit warmer than today with a maximum of 14 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After I left discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise. And for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, here we, we like a mystery. And uh, we like mysteries about smells. And we particularly like mysteries about catwee smells. So here's a mystery about cat wee smell in Luton. We like mystery. We like uh, mysteries. We like mysteries about smells. Da, 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 da. We like mysteries about cat wee smells in Luton. So here's a here's a mystery about a cat wee smell in Luton. Uh, we thought this uh, conclusion had come to the tale, but but it hasn't. Where, now where is this smell, Catherine? Let's let's clarify it for I those people. I was on Gypsy Lane last night. Hello. And is it called Gypsy Lane? I went, to, I went to pick up something. It wasn't last night, it was yesterday afternoon. I'm lying. Yeah, I'm not lying. I went to pick up a sandwich toaster from a well-known catalogue <laughs> store. <laughs> the Argos? Yes. OK. And as I came out, I thought, oh, what's that smell? At first, it smelled like a, a pleasant kind of holiday-type smell, a bit like a sort of sweet um, suntan lotion smell. Yeah. But the base note, I think that's what a perfumio would call it, yeah. was one of... Can't we? Oui, oui. And this is the smell that uh, has been linked with, although denied by the company, with, with Vauxhall. I suspect it's the same smell. It's okay. the sort of thing we've been had described as before. I mean, how many wee-wee smells are there in Luton? It well, would be too much of a coincidence, surely. Well, let me speak now to Councillor David Franks. Morning, uh, Councillor. Good morning. But th- th- this is interesting that Catherine claims to have smelt this, this smell again, because uh, well, th- apparently the smell has gone. Well, um... Certainly, uh, the hero of this, as far as I'm concerned, is Claire Richards from the Environment Agency. She's worked very hard with Vauxhall to identify the cause. They've changed two of the chemicals that they use in their um, paint shop. Um, The last chemical change was the first week of March, and none of the people who've been complaining to me about the smell have experienced it since then. Now, if, if Catherine is saying she has experienced it, well, um, I'll, I'll, I will get in touch with the people who had the problem before to see whether they have. But um, I've had, I haven't had a single complaint 
since the chemical change, you didn't eat it much. OK, so, so hopefully, fingers crossed, it might be worth just putting a phone call in to one or two of them to, to, to say, have you smelt it, has it come back? But hopefully... Oh, I'll be doing that. Believe me, I will be doing that. Thank you, that. David. Uh, hopefully, though, th- th- maybe Catherine was smelling some of the remnants, or it may be something different. The, the Vauxhall may eventually have listened and acted on this. Well, it took them a while to admit that they were the source of the problem, but once they did, I mean, give credit to them, they've done what they thought they needed to do. Um, If the smell hasn't gone away, well, clearly we need to get back to the problem, uh, you know, get Claire and her team working on it again. But at the moment, the sun's shining on Luton. Um, We're all looking forward to the warm weather and getting out in our gardens and enjoying them. Let's hope the smell's gone and it stays gone. Catherine was just making a point in my ear. What were you saying, Catherine? Well, it was a damp day yesterday. Would that have made a difference? And does the smell I described, uh, Councillor Frank, sound familiar? Um, Well, yeah, it it, it was a sort of cat's peas smell. Um, And I'm not sure that the... The, the humidity made a lot of difference. The big thing with this, of course, is the direction of the wind, mm-hmm. because that dictates where the smell travels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping that we've, we've seen the end of it, but obviously I will be checking with the people who had the experience before. Councillor Franks, thank you very much for your time. It's much appreciated. Well, the, we could be onto something. Justin, you're there, are you? I am indeed. Take a deep breath, brother. Mm. What can you smell? <laughs> Every time I come down here, I cannot smell it. Uh, I've been sent down here so many times over the years. However, yeah. I have been talking to a few people in, what, the last ten minutes or so. Oh, yeah. This smell has not gone away, oh. according to some people. Uh, the last two weeks has been particularly bad. What they're saying to me is, though, the smell is now a lot earlier in the morning, so around five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, uh, and it's been particularly bad over the last two weeks. So, according to some people, this smell is still here by Vauxhall oh, in Luton. Blimey, it's one of those things, isn't it? It, just, it is. Um, it's, but but it, uh, have they said that it's it's better and it, it's not there all the time? Has no, there been any improvement? No, it comes and goes, to be fair. And I think, um, again, it, it could be to do w- with the wind direction, but certainly we know from speaking to people this morning the smell hasn't gone away completely. Uh, Mr Franks there talking about the summer coming up. I've spoken to people in the past who cannot sit in their back garden in the summer. They're too embarrassed to invite oh. their friends over because of this smell. It's still, it's still a mystery. Yes, it's not as bad as it has been in the past, but it's definitely still there, Ian. That smell I smelt yesterday is one that would give you a headache. Yep, absolutely. And again, it's something people have been talking about here for years and years. Just, I'm just enjoying the sound effects of Luton. It's fantastic, isn't it? It is great. I, I wonder where they're going. Somewhere hot, no doubt. Nah, away from the cat smell. I, I, would, I would love a little bit of uh, going somewhere uh, hot. There's something in the paper. What are you doing for the next hour, Just? Uh, what would you like me to do? Well... There's a story in the the mail here, page 29. We must make more programmes for older viewers, Mm -hmm. says ITV boss. ITV boss Peter Fincham, used to be my boss many, many years ago, claims more programmes need to be made for older people because they are the ones who drive viewing figures. I would argue, and we can put this out to the listeners, I would argue that older people um, are are very well accommodated for on the television schedules. Mm, I don't know about that. Father Dowling, Murder, She Wrote. Monk. Monk. Um, repeats, aren't they? 
Why well, can't we make new programmes? All right, OK, there's that programme where the fella from the um, Far Show and the advert, We Want to Be Together, is a vicar <laughs> detective in the olden days. Right. That's for old people. I remember Terry Wogan going on about this about three, four years... Well, probably longer than that, five years ago, saying that they were making Saturday night television for people who'd gone out. And, you know, these were the days of Take Me Out and all these different programmes that were ruling the, the uh, channels. They have shifted. I mean, strictly, strictly is for all, strictly is aimed at all generations. The voice, yep. the X Factor, all these things coming back. It's a family show. Surely that's what people want to see. I don't know. If I was to go out and talk to people about this, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that um, I would get the same old answer coming back time and time again. A lot of older people, I could be stereotypical by saying this, but I think they'll, they'll probably go along with this, that there are too many reality television programmes uh, out there. Not Where's that, the quality? No. Come people on. People are watching them. No, there's, n- there's, there's, them. there's not that many reality TV shows. That's a myth. That's a myth. i tell you what you can ask them. What's your favourite show? And then we get an idea of the sort of thing they would want to watch. Yeah, so old people just... Yep. Over the age of uh, 50... I'm joking. <laughs> 65 Shall plus. Shall ask you? No, uh, what? Oh, I'm 40. All oh, right. There's Lovely. another one. Yep. There's another one. Oh, oh I'm waving so jealous. Guys. guys, what's your favourite TV show? OK. Oh, no, That's no. naive. Lip reading, Corrie. OK, thank you. Go and find it. And it will be. They'll say things. I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, oh, wait, 459, 455, 545. Older people, what are your favourite TV shows? Do you feel you are accommodated for on British television? I think there are lots of TV shows for older people. I think... You You've got your Strictly's, you've got your um, your monks, you've got your, your your thing where that man's a detective from the olden, he's a vicar from the olden days. You've got EastEnders, you've got Coronation. Uh, Coronation Street isn't aimed at the kids. Uh, Emmerdale Farm. It, it got a bit sexy. Yeah. Emmerdale Farm is now Emmerdale, it's got a bit sexy. When did yeah. they drop the farm? Ages ago. I bet Mr Wilkes has got a thing or two to say about that, and Amos Brearley. <laughs> How do I break this to you? Oh, no. Passed on. Not Amos oh. They were a couple, weren't they? They were Britain's first homosexual um, uh, living about, couple. They were just bachelors. Oh, come on. Amos Brearley and Mr Wilkes. I think one of them had a romantic interest at one point. Yeah, with the other one. No. Just... Yeah, boss, leave it with for- me. I look forward to hearing from you later on. Cheers, okay, so- Cheers my dears. There we go. It's interesting, isn't it? I know Peter Fincham. You used to know him very, very well. He's a very nice chap. He sold... Uh, he had a, a company called Talkback Productions that uh, he owned with Mel Smith, Griff Rhys-Jones, and a fourth person. They sold it... Um, gosh, maybe like 12 years ago, they each pocketed £10 million each. £10 million. And he's still working. And he's still working. He's the fella who got the boot from the BBC. He was the head of the BBC and he got the boot because um, he was in charge when they showed that trailer of the Queen and it looked like the Queen was storming Storming out of a thing when she wasn't. She was storming too. Uh, And he got the boot for that. I remember going for a meeting with him around that time and he was a little bit distracted. He stepped down two days later. Anyway, he's claiming uh, that uh, more programmes need to be made for older people. Well, what do you think? Is that true? I, I think... I don't really watch TV these days. I hardly watch any TV at the moment. I think that older people are pretty well accommodated on television, aren't they? Certainly the daytime viewing is... It, that's, you're not, you're not gonna, that's not aimed at the under-25-year-olds, is it? You, you people, you, you are people love David Dickinson, don't you? Well, there you go. You've got David Dickinson. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What is your favourite TV show? And we're only doing that so we kind of get a sense of of what it is you're watching. And and do you think if you're older, you are accommodated for on the television? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
We've had an update in Milton Keynes from Big G on the A421. There's been an accident involving multiple vehicles that's now blocking the road. We're just waiting for further information on the location. The Denham roundabout, none of the traffic lights are working there at the moment. And on the A1M northbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage, one lane has been blocked by an accident and we've got queues building on the approach there. Also having an effect on the southbound carriageway where we've got delays between 8 and 7 as people slow to look at the accident. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Martin says those slugs on your cat's bottom are worms. Your cat needs... They're not worms. I thought worms were white. These are slugs, aren't they? Oh, blimey. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock with the headlines. I'm Simon Watts. Bedford woman fined after paying stranger to dispose of her rubbish. Missing MK teenager is found. An Irish president begins visit to Britain. BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman from Bedford has been forced to pay the local council hundreds of pounds after she paid someone to get rid of her rubbish. The man who took £10 to get rid of the bin bags dumped them just two streets away from Barbara Brown's home in Goldington. Speaking to the Bradford show this morning, she says she's disappointed with the fine after admitting to fly tipping. I thought it was a bit unfair. As far as I was concerned, I gave it to somebody to get rid of, which I thought was a proper guy that I was giving it to. He was going to get rid of it at the scrapyard. I didn't realise he was going to get rid of it around the corner. Just don't let anybody else take it unless you know exactly who they are so that you can point the finger, really, if they do dump it. Shopkeepers in Hemel Hempstead say another delay to roadworks has put them on the brink of losing their businesses. The work in Hemel Hempstead Old Town began last June and should have taken four months. After several delays, they're now due to be finished by May this year. Saeed Kayaziba, who runs the Moroccan Casbah restaurant, hasn't collected a wage in the last 12 months and says he can't continue like this. The business, my friend, is no good at all. I'm thinking about closing down. I've only been open a year. I put everything into it. It's been my dream you know it's been my dream job uh, it's been my ambition next month next month next month it's always next month next month next month next month you know it's just getting ridiculous now well, Barry Garvin runs Fret's Music in Hemel Hempstead Old Town and he's looking at relocating. If it goes on for much longer, we, we'll have to look at our options because when these works started, we thought, OK, four months during what would be a quieter time anyway. We thought we could just about ride that. And if we'd known from the outset it was going to be effectively a year before the roadworks were finished, we'd have had the option then to at least look at it and say, well, maybe we'd be better off somewhere else. And in the next half an hour, we'll be hearing from Terry Duris, who's in charge of highways at Hertfordshire County Council. In other news, friends and fans of Peter's Geldof have been expressing their shock and sadness at her death yesterday. She was aged 25. Her body was discovered at her home near Rutham in Kent. Police say a post-mortem examination will be carried out in the next few days. Her mother, Paula Yates, died from an accidental heroin overdose in 2000. A girl from Milton Keynes who went missing 12 days ago has been found safe and well. 16-year-old Kayleigh Ann Payne from Fishermead was last spotted on CCTV in Acton in London on March the 29th. Thames Valley Police have thanked the public for their help in finding her. 
The President of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins, will begin an official visit to Britain today, the first by an Irish head of state. Tonight, the Queen will welcome the President to a dinner at Windsor Castle, at which Northern Ireland's Deputy First Minister, Martin McGuinness, will also be a guest. It's the return leg of a highly successful visit by the Queen to Ireland in 2011. Dominic Chilcott, the British ambassador to Ireland, says it's significant. We reckon that about 10% of the population of Great Britain has or had an Irish grandparent, which uh, means that there are probably more people that qualify for an Irish passport who live in Great Britain than live in the Republic. And in sport, Luton Town are at home to Tamworth in the conference tonight. A victory would move them a step closer to promotion. A win would mean promotion can be secured on Thursday night if Cambridge lose in their game. A pleasant day ahead, the weather today, with clear and sunny spells, although isolated showers this morning will disappear by the afternoon. Highs of 12 Celsius, 54 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Walking along the towpath, I love. Canal's lovely, especially this time of year. It's all about where you live. It's attractive, it's friendly and you would enjoy it. And there's a nice atmosphere, so it's a great community. And all this week, we're featuring Berkhamstead. I think everybody here is very, very lucky indeed. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Suddenly it's four minutes past eight. What? What? Sing hosannas. It's almost the weekend. Come on, we can dream. I've got an exciting day today, apart from sitting in a council ward for three hours with my mum. Apart from that, going to London with my friend, another Ian. Two Ians in London. Not you, cows. No, no, I'm afraid not. We're going to see John Ronson give a talk about Frank Sidebottom. Literally, life does not get no better than that. Oh, and I'm getting a new laptop delivered as well. But don't tell my wife I've bought one. She'll be furious with me. At least said mental, but that would be unfair. But she would. She's going to kill me. Lots to talk about in the last hour of the show before JVS, including careless dumping, endless digging, and, well, my cat's bottom. uh... Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459... Four double five, five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties oh. Radio. And the boss of ITV says they need to make more programmes for older people. What do you think? If you're an older person, what does that mean? Well, let's let's um, sweep of the arm. Let's say sixty-five plus. Although there'll be some of you who disagree with that t- description. What what do you like to watch on television? And do you feel that you're catered for? Always, there'll always be... Surely every group of people think they're not catered for enough on television, don't they? I remember being a teenager and thinking, oh, there's no programmes for me, old Tally. Well, look back, there were loads. The Night Rider, the A-Team, the Pops, if I was that way inclined, which I wasn't. There was loads for teenagers when I was a teenager. But I remember, oh, there's nothing for us on TV. And now, now there are hundreds of channels, so everybody is catered for. But I still, I still feel as a forty-year-old straight man, there's there's no programmes for me. Which is why we have the world of books. The what? The what? And radio. Books. Read a book, put the radio oh, on. You, you guys are living in the Victorian put your era. Feet up, relax. People are afraid of life. silence. Aren't put your they? fleet up and relax. Kelly's right. There's that. There's that. Yes. Just, just stop, just disconnect, just have some peace. Wow. Be alone with your thoughts. Why do you need constant stimulation? Stay at home and do uh, crunches. 
Do some crunches. Do some crunches. Work on your body as a temple. Yeah. Or yeah. play Angry Birds on your phone. OK, Kelly, you've not really understood the point we're making there. 08459 455 555. Bob's driving to Milton Keynes. Morning, Bob. Good morning. What would you like to say? Well, I'm talking about thinking about your cat. Turn your radio off, Bob. Pardon? Yeah, exactly. Turn your radio off. That's it. OK, that's there we better. Go. That's better, thank you, yes. Sorry about that. That's yeah. all right. It, I don't think it's worms or slugs. It's probably Klingons. Oh, no, for goodness sake. How did that get on the air? Deary me. How did that get on the air? Whose responsibility was that? Is it not a Star Trek reference? Oh, no, it's not a Star Trek reference, please. A Bedford woman has been fined hundreds of pounds after paying a man to dispose of her rubbish, only for him to dump it round the corner. 49-year-old Barbara Brown gave a stranger £10 to get rid of a pile of junk from outside her home. True to his word, he got rid of it. About 30 seconds after picking it up, he left the lot in the next street along. We've kind of had mixed response on this. Some people saying, well, she was um, at best naive and at worst stupid. And some people saying, well, hang on a second, this fella came to her door. She trusted him. It's not her fault, it's his fault. Well, Jeremy Hay is from the Environment Agency who licensed waste removal vehicles. Uh, morning, Jeremy. I've had um, people that I've, I've phoned up and they've turned up with a van and they've taken my rubbish. How do I know if they're legitimate or not? Uh, good morning. Um, really quite simple. You can uh, check very easily to see whether they are a registered waste carrier. Anyone who uh, collects waste has, has to have registered with the Environment Agency. And you can check either by uh, phoning our national call centre on 03708 506 506 or if you go to um, www.gov.uk and uh, put in uh, waste carrier registration, you can uh, search the public register to see if they are registered. But if someone... Are people really going to do that, Jeremy? Is, is it not an easier way? Because if someone turns up and says, I'll get rid of your junk for 20 quid, or, or if I get a leaflet through the door and phone them up on a whim that afternoon, um, I'm not going to bother phoning a hotline to find out if they're legitimate, are they? Well, you, you actually do have a, a, a legal duty of care. There's, there's a duty of care when it comes to waste, which is there to, uh, to ensure that waste is um, disposed of appropriately without causing harm to human health or harm to the environment. And as, as I say, everyone who, who is handling waste has to have registered with, with, with the agency. If you don't check uh, that they are a registered waste carrier, you, uh, you are committing a criminal offence and you could uh, receive a, an unlimited fine. Well, these are the new um, rules that came in. I think, was it July that the, the new fines on fly-tipping came in? Uh, well, yes, but actually, I mean, the duty of care isn't a new bit of legislation. Right. It originally dates back to the 1990s, but uh, then it was specifically only for, um, uh, for business, businesses. But back in 2005, there was a very snappily titled bit of legislation called the Waste Duty of Care England and Wales Regulation. Yeah, I've got it, one of my favourites. Well, exactly. Yeah, actually, it, it is uh, a very uh, short bit of legislation. It's only runs sort of two or three pages, but that did extend the duty of care to uh, to householders as well. Gosh, okay, so it, it, it's your it's your junk, even when you've paid someone to take it away. Absolutely. Now, as part of the duty of care, you must make sure that you, the person who you hand your waste to is authorised to accept it. So they they need to be a registered waste carrier or local authority, 
um, and you need to make sure that they are actually going to dispose of that waste appropriately and they're not going to fly to it around the corner. Jeremy, we spoke to a caller earlier on, uh, uh, Janet, who works on um, a farmer's market and at the end of every week she has one black bag full of rubbish and she was saying that she had to have a licence to carry that black bag of rubbish back home with her. Is that right? Yes. Now, that, that was a, 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 a new change in the legislation in so much that that, that did come in at the end of last year. Um, and if you are um, a business and you regularly uh, carry your own waste, you do need to register with the agency, but it is free and it only takes a, a few moments to, to do. And I don't have to do that if I'm sort of maybe regularly clearing stuff out of my house and taking it to the dump? No, not, not if you're taking your own waste down, yeah. to the, down to the tidy tip or CA site, but if, if you're taking, say, your neighbour's waste then, strictly speaking, you should register, yes. How much of... Uh, what, if you're taking your neighbour's waste? Yeah, strictly speaking. Wow. How much of a problem is fly-tipping, Jeremy? Fly-tipping fly um, can be a, an absolute blight on the, on, on the countryside. It costs local authorities uh, an awful lot of money to, to go around and, and, and tidy up. And anything that we can do to, uh, to, to reduce it can, can only be a good thing. And do you, Jeremy, speak on, is it mano a mano here? Do you not hark back to the days of the rubbish dump when you could have a good route around and take treasures home with you? <laughs> do you not miss that? I, I, I have to confess, in my childhood, I just <laughs> do a little bit of digging, finding old, old glass bottles and what have you, uh, down uh, on the old council tip sites. Here. Jeremy, th- you've been a good sport. I appreciate your time. Jeremy Hay from the Environment Agency. Let's, uh, we, we may get nothing on this. Let's put it out. What's the best thing you found at the tip? The best thing you found in the rubbish. My dad came back with a beautiful accordion. Beautiful. And I, I think I, I got rid of it. I chucked it away. What did I do with that accordion? It was, I think, when my mum when my moved out of her house and we had to get rid of stuff quickly, I think I just, I, I just junked it. It was a stunning thing. And I used to get loads of records from the tip. Best, we, we may get nothing on this. Let's put it out there for the last 45 minutes. The best thing you found in the rubbish, please. We got a gnome. We rescued a gnome. Really? It's still in my mum's garden. See, isn't that nice? You used to get so much... And even now, because then it used to be a big pile of stuff and you just chuck it yeah. on a big pile. Right? And then they, they put, put it into the earth. Now it's those kind of sort of huge metal bins and you can't go in there. But you can look over the edge. Even now, if I see a load of VHS videotapes in there, yeah... I think, oh gosh, oh look at that, there's Cocoon on video. I could, that's free, I could have that. This gnome caught our eye because it was sitting kind of, someone obviously cared about it and then not put it on the actual pile, it was sort of sitting next to it as if asking to be adopted. Oh man. So we did. I do like a nice little little look over the bins and just think, oh, I could do with, uh, oh, look at that. And now if I see VHS video recorders, because the electricals you have to stack up. Um, uh, You're right, Kelly. I just went to thank the guests yeah. that we just had on. I said, thank you for joining uh, us. And by accident, I'm pretty sure he went, thank you, love you, bye. Oh, God bless him. He was very nice, Jeremy, wasn't he? What a nice gentleman. He was a very, very good sport. And if he said that, well, m- more power to too. his elbow. More, you do, it's like when, um, uh, when you're in school and you call the teacher mum. Yeah. <gasps> There's nothing more embarrassing than that, is there? Especially My daughter when call- it's a male teacher. Yes. <laughs> My daughter called me by the teacher's name the other day. That, oh. hurt, that hurts. My boys, think it, around, it? My boys think it's hilarious when they call me mum. Mum. I mean, Daddy! 
but uh, yeah, you used to be able to get such good stuff at the dump, and you look over the edge now, and you see, and there's, there is, when I, t- I took this big, beautiful picture in that I just didn't want, my wife kind of persuaded me to get rid of it, I should have kept it, um, advertising this film, and it was in a frame, and I took it there, and it was such a nice moment when this bloke came up and said, oh, you, uh, two blokes, two heads, because it was an old 60s band, two heads came up to me, oh, you're getting rid of that? Yeah. I'll have that. And then, the, then the, the bin man came over and said, no, you can't, hang on, we, actually, we don't want that. And then these two chaps were kind of, uh, it was wonderful. It was like a real middle-aged male bonding experience that I don't think men get anymore. Happens at the dump. It happens at the dump. It all happens at the dump. Let's put it out there. We may get nothing back on this. Uh, we might get lots. What's the best thing you found in the dump or in the rubbish? 08459 455 555. Skips outside people's homes, right? Who doesn't have a little route around... This, or, no, don't, are you pulling the face at me, Catherine? I have a look, I mean, but I don't get in there. I'm you not saying get in the around. skip. But, uh, who doesn't have a... Uh, OK, at the very least, there's a skip outside someone's house. They've cleared out the loft or the cellar or the garage. You have a look over. And I have been known to kind of move furniture around to see what's underneath. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Milton Keynes on the A421, we've got reports the road is blocked at the Cranfield Road overbridge after an accident involving multiple vehicles, causing congestion on the speed sensors at the moment to the Kingston roundabout and also on uh, the other approach to the M1 Junction 13. A1M northbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage. One lane is blocked after an accident, causing queues back to Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. The M40 northbound, one lane closed between Junction 6 for Watlington and 8A for Oxford for repairs after a coach fire yesterday. On the sensors, things looking heavy through the closure. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 8.16. It's uh, Tuesday, the 8th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman from Bedford has been fined hundreds of pounds after a stranger she'd paid £10 to get rid of her rubbish dumped it near her home. I read that terribly. I can only apologise. Shop owners in Hemel Hempstead say further delays to roadworks could put them out of business. And police say a post-mortem examination will be carried out in the next few days on Peaches Geldof, who's died aged 25. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tonight, two of our local teams face very interesting home games. Look at me, the head of 2-0. Simple as you like that for Watford. Watford hosts a struggling lead side. And there's also live commentary from Kenilworth Road as Luton continue their title-winning charge against relegation-threatened Tamworth. Oh, well, when you need something to go your way, then it goes your way. Both games live in full with Three Counties Sports. Tonight from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm, I'm sorry about that. No, it's all right. Don't worry about I it. Think you, I think you covered it well. Well, I tried to. Professional. It's, thanks very professional. much. I thought without the music, it sounded very dramatic, very powerful radio. This is yesterday, the yeah. beginning of my programme. Yeah. Yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, we're just talking about the fact that uh, Ian... Yep. What's the phrase you use? I muffed it up. You muffed it up. I muffed up uh, Jonathan's show. It wasn't a deliberate thing. I wasn't trying to catch him Cause, out. Because you play my big music at nine. I am the band leader. You are the band leader director, And I, I broke the computer. So if 
if ever that music stops, you'll know who's to blame. Okay, that's it's not stopped for a long time. <laughs> no, it hasn't. No, it just didn't even start yesterday. No, we didn't have any at all. <laughs> I thought you covered it very well. well. Thanks very much. You're a professional, Thanks. and uh, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll see you after your show, and you can give me uh, six lashes. How about that? Okay. Uh, what's on your show this morning? Well, coming up on the big phone in this morning, uh, we are of course reflecting the very sad news about uh, Bob Geldof's daughter, Peaches Geldof, and I'm asking from nine today: Have you suffered the heartache of losing someone young in your family? Bob Geldof has told the BBC that his family are beyond pain following the death of his daughter Peaches at the age of 25. Uh, you said earlier, Ian. There's no point in speculating at this time. No. And, and the, you're quite right. There's nothing really to say, we is there? We don't know anything. Could be anything. The one thing we do know is that a family today will have woken up without their daughter, without their mum, without their wife. A family that's been touched by tragedy, you know, that's had its more than its uh, usual, its fair share of sadness already. I just wonder, though, whether... You know, I mean, my, my mum died when she was 52, yeah. which, of course, was well, too young. young yeah, it's yeah. too young. Um... But it's not 25, no. do you know what I mean? And I wonder whether the younger somebody dies, the greater that sense of loss for the family, the greater the sense of tragedy. Parents shouldn't have to bury their kids. No. That's not the natural No, they shouldn't. But sadly, very often they do. Yep. And I wonder how you even begin to kind of rebuild your life and to get on. Perhaps you never do. Mm. Perhaps when you've lost somebody at that kind of age, you never get on with your life again it's always there with you from nine this morning i want your experiences if you're if you're able to share them with me today have you suffered the heartache of losing someone young in your family you can call me from nine on 08459 455 555 i say this with the greatest respect that's going to be a tough listen this morning but, but i think it probably will but, but um, very powerful i would imagine so uh, yeah i look forward to hearing that good luck thank you thank you very much Oh, for goodness sakes, you see? Now, what happened there? Now, now I'm playing Adamant, for goodness sakes. That wasn't sensitive. very... Uh... No, sensitive, sensitive. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's going to be a difficult listen, and I say that with the greatest of respect. Sometimes difficult listens can be uh, can be excellent listens, and, and I think that the, the first hour of Jonathan's show is going to be one of those hours you can only get on radio with people expressing their stories and telling their stories. Should be good. Now, do you remember the row at Christmas over the Hemel Roadworks? Shopkeepers in the old town said highway improvements were taking such a toll on footfall that they were being put out of business. Well, after a bit of toing and froing, the council said they'd suspend works during the Christmas rush. It would save trade but drag out the disruption until the end of March. Well, the end of March has been and gone. Roadworks are still carrying on. Traders have now been told the works won't finish until the middle of May, seven months later than scheduled. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey has been speaking to shopkeepers. The business, my friend, is no good at all. I'm thinking about closing down. I've only been open a year. It's that bad. It is that bad. I mean, I put everything into it. It's been my dream, you know, it's been my dream job. Uh, it's been my ambition. And now I've got to my ambition. Um, it looks like I'm going to shut down because... Uh, Next month, next month, next month. It's always next month, next month, next month, next month. You know, it's just getting ridiculous now, Mark. Can you try and put a price on it? How much money do you think you've lost because of these roadworks? For the last year, I haven't had a wage. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I've lost a hell of a lot of money, time, patience, really. All we do is just clean these premises and no customers because there's no one can park, no one can hop on, hop off. It's, it's, it's getting 
to a stage where I'm thinking of probably saying goodbye to the business. I mean, it's a sorry state. I come 25 miles, drive down here to make a day's living, and someone's just killed our business, really, more or less. Uh, we've had enough, absolutely. We, we all have. I'm sure every other business is suffering exactly the same way I am. Well, that was uh, Justin Daly speaking to business owners. And in January of this year, we spoke to Terry Durris, councillor in charge of highways at Hertfordshire County Council. And I asked him about the disruption to traders. There's a lot of work been done by Decor and Barrett Council, by Hertfordshire County Council, to mitigate as much as possible a, a development uh, or, or the impact of the development. It's not easy. It's a very old road. It's a road that we've kept open as much as we possibly could. All right, let's ask. When is it going to be finished? The project is due to be finished mid to late March. There, there is work starting on the entrance at Queensway. And if we can get it finished beforehand, we will absolutely will. Can you guarantee um, that late March it will all be done, that's it, everything will be gone? You are always going to be a hostage to fortune if you absolutely guarantee it. I'm not going to absolutely guarantee it, but to the absolute best of my knowledge, it is scheduled to be finished mid to late March. Well, that was Terry Durris speaking in January. He's still in charge of highways at Hertfordshire County Council. He joins me now. Morning, Terry. I like the way you say still. Good morning, Ian. Well, I mean, it's it's not gone very well, has it? No, it hasn't, and nobody is more disappointed than I am. I think there might be some people more disappointed than you, Terry, those people whose businesses are in danger of closing. Well, of course, and I absolutely understand those people who do have businesses in the old high street and who have been inconvenienced along with the, the residents and the people who visit the high street. Um, you, you have to remember also that when I was the portfolio for holder for planning and regeneration at the Coran Borough Council, which I had before I was given this role, I was the one who, if you like, pressed the button uh, to start the work uh, just about a year ago. So it's your responsibility it's gone wrong, then? I'm not going to say it's my responsibility. Whose responsibility is it? Whose well, fault is it? That, the the, the, whose is fault is it, Terry, that, that this works, these works that should have finished in October, then you said there that it would finish mid-March, possibly earlier, it's now going on to May. Whose I, fault is I, it? I said, when you interviewed me in January, that I couldn't give an absolute guarantee. And you it said was as right good as, could, Terry. No, if, you, if you let me finish, um, it, it, the whole project... Whose fault is it? Do you want to answer your own question, or do you want me to answer I want you to it? answer the question, whose fault is it that this, is, this keeps getting put back and back and back? Right, the answer to your question is that it is a design and build contract, and the, that means that the responsibility for the delivery of the contract rests with the contractors, which are Jackson Civil Engineering. And I have to say I have been very disappointed with the way they have performed. They have, they have let me down in terms of their delivery dates they told me and they that was the date that i gave you in january that they anticipated being finished mid to late march it didn't happen and you can rest assured that i shall be speaking to them to find out why they gave me information that was not correct and what's that going to do well, it's not going to turn the clock back. That's for us. That's that's it's not, not going to Terry. You speaking to them to find out why they gave you false information? Greatest respect, Terry. Ain't going to do nothing. It didn't work last year. It didn't work earlier this year. It's, it's not going to do anything now, is it? Well, we're very near to the end of the the, the contract. The, the date that we've got, and I do actually absolutely believe this. As long as we're not confronted by awful weather, is the fourteenth okay. of May. We've got the letter that Jackson sent out to Indeed. the businesses. Unfortunately, we will have not completed all the works by the end of March, these will now continue until the 14th of May. Yep. Do you want to give us a guarantee for that? I'm 
99.99% certain it will be by the 14th of May. I hope we don't end up playing a montage of you muffin dates up, Terry. So do I. What do you want to say to the businesses who are potentially going to close because of uh, this mistake, which, let's be honest, you have to take ultimate responsibility for? Well, all right, I will take the ultimate responsibility if that's what makes you happy, but I don't believe that it is actually my responsibility. Well, hang on. You, this was your decision to do this. No, you, it was, you, no, it wasn't. You just it said was, you pressed no, the button no, to make Ian, it happen. Ian, 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 it You just my, said you Ian, pressed... I was the person who pressed the button. Yes. The responsibility oh. to do it was that was the Quorum Borough Council who oh, have actually Terry. been... No, do you know what I'm hearing? Uh, um, I, Ian, can, hear that, I can hear that buck being passed left, right and no, centre, Terry. No, look, Ian, and if you want to do a monologue, then you carry on. I want some answers, Terry, instead of hearing you blame other people. I'm not... I'm blaming... I'm blaming, and I'm talking about Jackson's... Jackson's, I'm afraid, who have not given us the delivery dates that they should have so been given So it's Jackson's us. fault? In my book, it is. You take no responsibility for this uh, project that should have finished in October, then should have finished in March, and now possibly will finish in May. You take no responsibility. Personally, it's not my responsibility to engineer or, or make sure that the project is delivered. There are a whole range of people who work for Hertfordshire County Council, who work for Jetsons, who will actually have to be considering and answering questions about where it went wrong. And you can rest assured that I will be asking those questions. I expect they're terrified at the prospect of having some questions asked of them. Well, you've never actually answered questions that I've put to you in that context, what? and you can be quite, quite well assured that when I do ask questions, it's not always a pleasurable experience in the same way that it's not always a pleasurable experience answering your questions. It's not a pleasurable experience when someone's business closes, is it? No, and I'm not for one moment minimising the impact that it's had on the traders within the old high street. Have a listen to this. What, this I is... would say, what I would say is that we have worked, and decorum especially, has worked very hard to work with the traders and the residents in the old high street to minimise the, the impact, which clearly the works have had, and there is no denying that. Have a listen Let's to also, this. Have a listen al- to this, Terry. Let this me is, also say... This is Barry I'm... Garvin from Fretz Music. This is one of the businesses. Have a listen to what he said to us earlier this morning. Anything I say now is, is irrelevant. I mean, it's, it's too little too late because we've had a, a massive dent in, in the previous financial year. Um, our accounts for the previous year are about to be finalised, but I, I do know that... On, on, a, on an everyday level, I'm using personal capital to keep our business afloat. I cannot continue to do this for much longer. How much longer do you think you, you, you've got if it carries on like this? Um, I don't. I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm. I, I go in every day with optimism, thinking, "Well, okay, from here on, it's going to be better, and it's coming to an end now. You know, very soon we'll be back to where we were." Um, I really can't put a. I cannot put a time on it, but I would say that, you know, it, it, as an ongoing situation, supporting a retail business using capital is not a viable business model, and something has to move. Terry, your response to Barry Garvin from Fretz Music? I, I, I sympathise entirely with Barry Garvin, and I am very sorry for the inconvenience that he has had. We can't rewrite history. What, what I can do is say that once the works are completed, the old high street in Hemel Hempstead will be a very pleasurable place to visit, and I hope genuinely that people will go and look at the old high street, and I hope that they will uh, make the most of the, the, the offerings that the shops and the restaurants and the other outlets have in the old high street. It will be a nice place to be 
And I, but I do sympathise and I understand entirely with Barry Garvin the inconvenience that it's, it's, he's been put to. It's, it's a bit patronising, Terry, calling it an inconvenience. His business is going broke. That's not an inconvenience. I said an inconvenience that people have been put to. I'm not for one moment... That's mo- not an I inconvenience, not- Terry. His business Ian, is going broke. Ian, I am not for one moment suggesting or trying to minimise the impact that it's had on the on the. You've called it an inconvenience. It's much more significant than that, Terry. I'm, I... I... I'm not, uh, Ian, I'm not going to be lectured on how important it is for people to actually have a business. I think you need to be told I... about when your, your language is inappropriate. Calling someone whose business is closing down, causing that an inconvenience... No, I, I think I said, I think I said, the inconvenience that it's caused to them. It's more than an inconvenience, Terry. And it's not just him. It's so many people that we have spoken to, that Justin has spoken to, whose businesses are closing down. Well, I've also spoken to a number of people. I've also attended some of the meetings that we've had and that have been arranged on a Tuesday morning with the residents and the traders um, and tried to explain. And I have been there. I haven't been there every week or every fortnight, and I accept that. I'm not minimising at all the the difficulties would you like that the difficulties that the that the shopkeepers and the businesses are facing i absolutely understand that i as i say i if if i were able to rewrite history i would rewrite it in a different way and if i were able to rewrite history i would make sure that the works in the old high street were dealt were done in a different way but i can't and we have to we can only move forward but it is very regrettable, and, and you can pick me up on that word if you like, but it's very regrettable that the works, that have, that the works in, that, in that road have taken just so long. Um, it, it, it is, you can probably gather from the way I am talking that nobody is more frustrated than I am. I, that's not I, true, I Terry, that's not to, true. All right, there, you know, I am Again, that's not true. I would suggest that Barry Garvin, I would suggest that the gentleman who owns the restaurant, I would suggest that all of the people we've spoken to are more frustrated, are more upset than you could ever be, because right. it's their livelihoods. OK, I accept that, that they are you, more... You, it's a blip on your record. I, Them, it's their businesses. I, am, I, am more, I accept that they are more frustrated than I am. What I'm trying to get over to you and possibly failing or possibly not hearing, is that my frustration about the delays, and I am genuinely sorry for the delays, but I, I simply can't... If I could rewrite history and say, yes, OK, we, we it's can't going rewrite to happen, history. Well, of course we can't. Scientific impossibility. Glenn has Absolutely. been in touch. Glenn says, why was there no penalty for uh, missing dates in the contract? Uh, there, there is, within the contract, it's not a penalty clause contract, but there are conditions within the contract. Have they broke, um, have Jackson's broken those conditions? Then that's a contractual issue and I'm not going to get into it. So, I'm going to, can, can I tell you what I make up from that? No, you can't, because whatever you say may, may okay. be wrong. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I make up from that, that you can't, they're, they're, you're not going to get anything out of that, 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 that they haven't broken the contract because the contract wasn't tough enough. No, that's not necessarily true. Okay, so you're going to get financial recompense from Jackson for, for, for this? That will be subject to the outturn of the contract and the negotiations of the price. Okay. If you do get that money, how much of that will go to the traders? It wouldn't be a question of getting money back from Jackson. It's ah. a question of 
so far as I'm aware, but I'm not going to go into the contractual details. So, so it wouldn't be money from Jackson's? What would it be? No, they, I'm they, not going to no, sorry. Ian, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go into the contractual details. But, but the, thing details. Is, I, I, the thing is, Terry, I think that's unfair for you not to do that, because uh, people are paying for this, the local people are paying for this, they are paying for this mess-up, and companies and businesses are in great danger of closing down. Don't you think that you have a responsibility to tell them how you've protected them with contracts? I think that what we probably will be able to do is once all the works are completed and the contractual uh, arrangements are completed, I'm not going to preempt and make a statement that could prejudice in either way any contractual arrangement. But you're not going to get any money uh, as a form of compensation from Jackson's I'm because of the contract? I'm not going to go down that line. Well, I'm you... sorry, I know how much that will frustrate you. No, it doesn't frustrate me, because you, you, just, you, just, you, well, you just said, Terry, that you won't be getting any financial compensation from them, so you've, you've, you've gone down that line, and it's appreciated. It, it, it's, it's, not, it's not, as far as I'm aware, it's not a penalty clause, but there, there will be contractual Why wasn't uh, there a penalty clause in there? Because the contract wasn't set up as a penalty clause contract. Did you not there think... There are different types of contract and... Uh, Do you regret some, not setting up a penalty clause contract? I, I, wasn't, the, I wasn't involved with this Somebody when the contract was set up. Okay. Did you not think when you had to install CCTV cameras to monitor the workers because there were claims that they were sleeping on the job or taking long lunch breaks or walking their dogs on site, did you not think then that maybe you should start looking at somebody else to come in and do the work? Well, it's always... Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> it's always a difficult decision to take whether you actually say right um, and and dispose or dispense with the, the the contractors on site because if you do that, then you actually have a fallow period where you would have to get a new contractor in. They would have to actually go through the whole of the the, the build up to it and putting their facilities on site. They might site. have finished on time, mightn't they? Well. Yeah. You're rewriting history again, but no, you I'm, would asking, have, I'm asking the question. You, you would have an inevitable delay, and I, I would suspect that the delay that would thus be incurred would actually delay the completion even longer. It's, a, it's I, I'm bound to say it's a bit of a uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. But we took the decision, or Hertfordshire County Council, and we took the decision to stay with Jacksons and push them as hard as we could. Do you regret that decision? Can't rewrite history. Derek, I'm not asking. No, it does, Derek. I'm not asking to rewrite history. I'm asking you a question. Do you regret that decision to stick with Jacksons? I I don't regret that decision to stick with Jacksons. I do regret the speed with which Jacksons have worked. Terry, final question. Uh, when you were on before, you spoke to uh, Justin Dealey and he asked you if you felt you'd let down the traders. You didn't answer him then. Could you answer it now? Do you feel you've, if you've let down the traders? I think that the traders have been let down. By you? Primarily by Jacksons. Secondarily by you? I think we could have done more to make sure that Jackson's uh, cracked on with the work, so there is a proportionality to all of these things. So you do feel you've let down the traders? I think that the traders have been let down. And do you feel responsible for letting them down? Personally or on behalf of the council? Personally, I, I, per- I personally feel uh, particularly sorry... Is that a fair enough word for you? I feel very sorry for the the predicament that the traders uh, find themselves in, and I just hope genuinely that their business develops and that the people, when they are visiting the old town, will be able to avail themselves of the facilities that the traders offer. So do you feel, yes or no, that you've let the traders down, Terry? 
There is always a level of proportionality. You're not going to get a yes or no out of me because it isn't a yes or no answer. Well, it is. It's a bit unfair, isn't it, on the traders? So, so no, you don't feel that you've let the traders down personally? I personally feel that I have done everything that I could to support the traders. Whether or not the traders agree with that, and I'm sure that there will be traders who don't agree with it, and I'm sure that there will be people who will come on and they will vilify me on your programme, but I personally feel that I have done everything that I can to support the traders, but I am equally um, genuinely sorry for the inconvenience. Sorry, not that word again, for for the the predicament or the, the situation that the traders find themselves in. Terry, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ian. There we go. Terry Duris, uh, in control of uh, highways at Hertfordshire County Council. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're just tuning in to hear the news or the travel, we've uh, given them a little bit of the elbow. Apologies for that. It's uh, unusual to do that, but I thought that that chat with Terry was worth pursuing. Thoughts, please. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, there we go. You heard just the, the, the Terry speaking there. would love to get your thoughts, particularly if you know that area. If you know what was going on. <clears throat> Carpet Martin has tweeted a quote from Terry. If I were to rewrite history, I would write it in a different way, unquote. Good work on stating the obvious, says Carpet Martin. Alan's on the line. Morning, Alan. Morning, Ian. Alan, what would you uh, like to say? I think partly you were a little bit hard on that, this chap. Um, I agree that the council highway of the uh, Arch County are, are pretty poor in getting their contracts right. They should have had, as you said, and I was shouting this when you started putting out, because I'd have rung in beforehand, that the way they write their contracts, there should be penalty clauses in all of these contracts. Plus the fact, did they go out to tender to look to see what other company could have actually uh, carried out the same works? And also, the council and Jackson's should be made to give compensation, as you tried to put to him, to the shopkeepers, even if it's a means of the council uh, county saying, well, we'll cut back on... Their council tax rates now, for, I, I, for a period. I, I, th- I do think, and someone will correct me if I've got this wrong, I think some of the businesses had a, a slight reduction in their business rates. Uh, and if I, re- I don't remember the exact figure, so I'm not going to say it, but if I remember correctly, uh, biz- different businesses got different reductions and none of them felt, felt that that was adequate for what they'd lost. Well, that, again, that should be compensated by saying that that should be, over this period of time, as you say, nearly a year now then they should be compensated further. Whether it comes from Jackson's or from the, from the, the county, somebody should be compensating for them. But at the same token, whoever works with Jackson's within the county, and it isn't just this guy, I know he's at the top of the tree, uh, but there's other people in the chain who could take some sort of responsibility for it. As a boss, you can only go so far pushing as a manager to push people. And if it isn't working, you ask a question, but then you go back to the, the contractor they're the ones who were given the job, and they're the ones that take on the responsibility. They're the ones that should be getting hurried. Alan, you should be ringing Jacksons up and asking them to come on your show. They, uh, they won't. They no, won't no, they won't, because no. they know full well that they're going to get it in the neck. I tell you, we'll give them a call. I, I don't know. I know we've asked them in the past, and they refuse. We'll give them a call today, Alan, and see if they fancy coming on tomorrow. That would be only be, be fair. That would only be fair after the hammering you gave the poor chap. Yeah. But I, I, okay, the county at times do get it wrong. They are very poor, and it's public money, it's our money that they're spending, and they haven't got it right. Do you, uh, they should, 
Alan, you're talking... The plans for, they should have looked at the plans which Action's putting forward to the development of that high street yeah. and made sure that they were going to work sensibly. Alan, you, got it wrong. Alan, you sound like you know what you're talking about here. Is that right? To a certain degree. I was, I was involved with the military, so... Oh, blimey. OK, well, I won't mess around with you. I've, I've had an email from April, Alan. She says, uh, you're not allowed penalty clauses in contracts. They're unfair and therefore invalid. Is that no, right? No, they're not unfair. They're not unfair because at the end of the day, if you've got a t- given a penalty clause that you're not meeting, because I c- combination of things. One is that you could have a workforce who are absolutely useless, and that's down to, again, the contractor managing his own workforce. If they're useless, you've got to make sure you've got the right team together. It's a team thing. You want to work as a team, and you get the right people in to do the job. Alan, thank you very much. I've uh, got a couple of emails. Steve says, the person to blame for the Hemel High Street fiasco is the individual who prepared and signed off on the contracts that left an open-ended completion date without heavy, heavy penalty contracts. And Barry says, um, oh no, we won't do that one. We'll do that um, a little bit later on. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call about that. We're also asking... What's the best thing you found in the rubbish? Maybe you've been to the dump, you're walking past someone's bin, or a skip outside someone's house. Oh, I love it when I see a skip outside someone's house. You've got to have a little look in there, haven't you? Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. Glenn, what would you like to say? When I lived in Telford, the Maxell tape factory opened up where we used to go fishing. Oh, yeah. And uh, we had a little look around the skips one day, and there was skips and skips full of VHS videotape. Oh, my word. So we helped ourselves, and when we got home, there was the new Bruce Lee film, which I don't, I'm not sure whether it was ever released, but it was Game of Death 2. Oh, Game of Death 2 is a great movie! Yeah, well, I don't think it was released at the time there, so I sold them for a tenner each in the book. <laughs> what year was this, Glenn? Oh, I'm going back to about 1980. Wow, okay, so VHS videotapes were a great currency to have then, weren't they? You could, it was a licence to print money having tapes like that. Oh, he's gone. Glenn's gone. He's reminded me, when um, we were at school on the Slough Trading Estate, uh, my friend Wayne J. Shaler um, found loads of biffer bins. We still have biffer bins. Yeah. Um, at the back of this, like, company. And he went in there. It was full of Spectrum games. What? Full of Spectrum games. And this would have been in 1985. Those things were expensive. Yeah, it was just full of them. The tapes are a little bit damaged, or the cases are a bit cracked. So he, he, uh, I was going to say, he nicked. No, he uh, liberated uh, a load of old Spectrum games. Legally, you're allowed to do that. Ah, the 80s were a... I, I don't they were a grey area, were they? I don't they? think they had laws in the 80s. I don't remember there being many laws in the 80s. I don't know. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's. We've got fifteen minutes. You can call in about anything. Old people watching TV. You can call in about um, um, fly tipping. But the question we're asking is, what's the best thing you found in the rubbish? Maybe it was from a dump. Maybe it was from a bin. Maybe it was from a skip outside someone's house. Or maybe, I I did this a lot. I used to love doing this a few years ago when I lived outside a flat, first floor flat, so I could watch out of the window. I would leave stuff out uh, on the street. Bits of furniture, old record player. I'd leave it on the street and then I'd watch the people that collected it. Wonderful. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
in Milton Keynes on the A421. Uh, the road is blocked in both directions at the Crownfield Road overbridge after an accident involving multiple vehicles. It's very congested on the surrounding routes at the moment. We had a call from Paul to update us. It's really having a knock-on on the M1 northbound, which is queuing as people um, try to leave the motorway. You can see on the speed sensors, delays start from about junction 12 for Flittick, and it's also causing congestion through Brogborough. The M1 northbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage. One lane is blocked after an accident and that's causing queues to Junction 6 for Welling Garden City. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Oh, David has to go and burst our bubbles. David says, taking items from a skip without the owner's permission is theft, especially if the skip is on private property. Oh, David, don't ruin it for us with your laws. It's 8.46. It's uh, Tuesday, the 8th of April. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman who paid a stranger £10 to dispose of her rubbish has been fined hundreds of pounds after it was dumped round the corner of her Bedford home. Shop owners in parts of Hemel Hempstead are considering closing if there are further delays to roadworks near Old Town. And a win at home to Tamworth tonight would mean Luton could be just days from promotion back to the Football League. And my pocket will be £5 lighter as I slipped a nice little fiver in the direction of Mr Simon Oxley. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's a very different feel to the day today. Yes, it's a little chillier this morning, but if you look in the sky, it's blue and there is some sunshine. Have a bit of high cloud moving across parts of Buckinghamshire at the moment. And that's going to gradually work its way across Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire as well. But it is high. We should get the brightness behind it. Breaks in it. We're going to get sunny spells through the course of the day. Now, there is a possibility we'll see one or two showers blow through on this strengthening westerly breeze. But if they do, they're not going to last for too long. And uh, we should actually get the benefit of the sunshine but the temperature like I said it is going to feel that little bit fresher maximum of around 13 celsius possibly if we're lucky so feeling cooler overnight the wind falls a little lighter we get some clear spells that's going to allow the temperature to drop minimum of three celsius but in the rural locations the sheltered spots it could actually drop a little colder so a sparkle or two of grass frost is possible first thing tomorrow morning in those sheltered areas for Wednesday high pressure builds in we've got more cloud tomorrow but we should see some sunshine and it will feel that little bit warmer maximum temperature tomorrow 14 celsius 57 degrees in fahrenheit that's your forecast every weekday from three roberto peroni you told 580 gags in one hour can i test you for one minute i spent the whole year trying to get into classical music Four Weekdays from three. We heard from Neil earlier on. He claims he was discriminated against and asked to leave a pub because he injected himself in public in full view. Insulin keeps my son alive, okay? If he doesn't inject, he'll die. Roberto Peroni. And I just thank you for the services that you do on here to help people like myself. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm always worried when someone says in my ear, Ian, would you like to meet a couple of police officers? Uh, there's always a little bit of me that goes, oh, blimey, what have I done? Oh, I've got t- time for a little chat with the officers. What, what have I done? Yes, I've got time. They're not just any old officers. No. They're, they're the famous ones. They're Justin's traffic mates. Cops. Very, very nice. Tanvir and Sam just uh, came round. They uh, were the traffic cops that... Uh, 
uh, Jonathan Vernon Smith went out with, and I, I don't see, I don't want to encourage him hanging out with him because he changed after that event. He got a lot of authority all of a sudden, didn't he? <laughs> He became um, Barry Big so and so's, didn't he? Just he really. <laughs> Did you ever see that South Park where Cartman gets the authority? <laughs> it was a similar scenario. The thing is, for the rest of the day, he'll be he'll be swanning around. Yeah, oh, my police officer friends. He'll be doing all that. Anyway, it's very very nice to meet them. <laughs> nice to, always nice to meet uh, police officers for that reason, not for other reasons. Clive's in St Albans. Morning, Clive. Good morning, Clive. What have you found in a skip? No, it's not what I found in a oh, skip. It was what was put on a skip. Oh, yeah. And it was my father, years and years and years ago. Yes. He was a film cameraman, a freelance film cameraman, and he worked on Star Wars down at Elm Street. Yeah, go on. And at the end of the shoot, at the end of the film, you know, the props were there and they literally helped themselves to whatever they wanted. And I ended up with Star Wars guns and stormtroopers, this, that. What, from the movie? From the movie, yeah. But bearing in mind at the time the movie wasn't a big thing, it was just another movie, yeah? Yeah. And he brought home R2-D2. And after a couple of years of it sitting in the shed... No, 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 don't don't say it, Clive. He put it on a skip. And I remember as a young kid watching the skip go off with R2-D2 on it. And I can tell you now that I wouldn't be working if we still had that in it the shed. It would be worth a fortune! I know, I know. Did you keep um, any of that stuff, Clive? No. I oh, t- just as a, a, a sidetracking a slight bit, yeah. not a lot of people know that The Return of the Jedi, the yeah. first film, wasn't actually called The Return of the, no, the Jedi. The Return originally. of the Jedi was the third film, wasn't it? It, in the trilogy, yes. yes. In the in the, the way it was set out, yeah. But it actually wasn't called originally the oh. Return of the Jedi. What was it called? Clive, Clive's dad's a Muppet. <laughs> no, it was called Revenge oh. of the Jedi. Yeah. And mm. I had all the T-shirts and all the crew had coats with Revenge of the Jedi. Oh on. no! And the Americans turned around and said, "We can't call it Revenge because it wouldn't meet our film classification." Yeah they'd have to make it a 15 because it had the word revenge in. Yeah. It was too strong. So they changed it to return. Now, you imagine if I kept all the T-shirts and all the paraphernalia. I'm going onto eBay now just to see if if a Revenge of the uh, Jedi T-shirt exists. Because that's got to be worth. Revenge of the Jedi... Oh, hang on a minute, my, my spelling but is... But there again, uh, you know, my my dad worked with... Oh, crikey, he worked with the Beatles, he could have got all their signatures, he worked with... I mean, we lived in Sicily with Richard Burton and Liz Taylor. There's, there's an original... There's yeah. an ori- they, they've got reprints of these Revenge of the Jedi T-shirts, OK? So, re- uh, new ones. They've got an old one. 50, yeah. qu- 50 quid, buy it now. That's not bad, <laughs> is it? If you, had a, if you kept a few of those... No, it's the R2-D2 no. and the guns and etc., no. etc. Et Clive, I'm going to let you go. We always get such good calls towards the end of the show. I could talk to him for ages. His dad chucked away R2-D2. Oh! Good news for the boys! Oh, no, it's not. I thought the Lego movie had um, dispatched. It hadn't dispatched. It was some Lego I've ordered for my nephew. I've got, calm down. Back away. Ron's on the line. Morning, Ron. Hello, Ian. Hello, Ron. What would you like to say? Well, what you told that chap regarding the road... Oh, Terry Duris, yes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know his name. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I only just put it on, more or less. Yeah. But... What I did here, you should be rewarded with a medal. Well, 
You should. You're very kind. No, on, on no programme at all have I ever heard anybody talk to a person and try to get... So rudely. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 yes. no, but, but try to get the answers from him and he's, he, he's trying to do everything he can not to give them to you. And you would... Brilliant. Ron, you're very kind. I'm a listener to radio, and it frustrates me as a listener when MPs and councillors and police officers or whoever, when people yeah. don't give straight answers. Yeah. And so uh, now that I'm doing this job, it still frustrates me. Yeah. Ron, you're, okay. you're, you're very, very kind. I appreciate your kind words. Thank you very much. I'm rewarded enough with, let's be honest, I I get paid all right, and I get to look into the beautiful eyes of Kelly Betts and Catherine Boyle every morning. That's reward aplenty. All right, don't nod, Boyley. Be humble. Oh, no, you speak the truth. Tells no lies, does he, Kelly? No. There we go. Webby's on the line. All right, Webby. Morning, mate. All right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Webby. What you got? Uh, rumbling through a uh, skip um, years and years ago. I used to work for a well-known skip company. Yes. Um, rummaging through it, found and looked like a really old book. Yeah. So I put, put it in the bag, like, um, took it to a bookshop in local Northampton, um, had it assessed, and um, he said, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can get for it. I ended up getting £230. For a book? For a book. Flip it. <laughs> what, said, what was it? Yeah, Do you know? I haven't got a clue, but he said if you there was um, there was two of them. I'd got the second edition. If if I'd have got the first, it was worth a thousand pounds plus. I do. Do you still work for the Skip Company? No, not oh, anymore. I, 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 there is nothing more exciting than sometimes you drive past a Skip, right? And sometimes yeah, yeah. it's just full of, of, of rubble and hardcore, uh, boring. But That's when you right. see there's furniture or maybe even something yeah. with a plug, <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe I, it's only blokes that have called in, Webby. I, I think this may be a bloke thing. It sounds it, doesn't it? Because when my dad would bring stuff home from the dump, which he would do a lot, my mum would be like, oh, for goodness sakes, Malcolm, what, you, what have you got now? <laughs> Webby, I appreciate that. I think it's a man thing. Um, Helen in Luton says, about three years ago, my husband and some friends, friends liberated an old stirrup pump from a skip. I don't know what a stirrup pump is. I should know what a stirrup pump is, but I don't. Sophie in Luton says, uh, Ian, the best piece of rubbish I acquired was an M&S sofa behind the flats I used to live in in Muswell Hill. Great find. It served me for about six years. Um, I had some more. Um, where was the other? What, what's a stirrup pump? A stirrup pump? It's one you operate with your foot. What, what would you do with it? Put water out. What? Oh, blimey. I think. I, I had a good... Um, I lost some texts. I had some good ones and I can't find them. Um, Skip texts. Um, no, that's that's all I sent you. No, there was more. There was one with like, three texts on it. Hang on, let's have a look. Cool. Why don't you speak to, speak to Harriet? All right, I'll speak to Harriet. Morning, Harriet. Morning. Yeah, Harriet, what can I do for you? Oh, no, I was just um, phoning to tell you the best bit of rubbish I ever found. Go on, what, what, what was it? Well, when I was a kid, I used to hang out with a load of other kids, and we used to do silly things like racing bikes while, ro- while wearing roller skates and mad stuff like that. What? And um, one of the houses near us was they were the council had bought it and they were um, knocking it down and building two in its place. Yes. And there were a couple of big skips. And we used to do mad things like taking big bits of wood out of the skips and across the fields and trying to dam the farmer's irrigation oh, streams Oh, OK, stuff. yeah, very naughty. Yeah, proper, proper naughty childhood stuff. And one day we were just delving down the bottom and we found a load of, sort of almost brand new stuff and there were some plates and... Oh. 
scarves and stuff. And in amongst them, there was this black case that looked like a glasses case. But when I opened it, there was a brand new pen knife and um, Swiss Army um, pen in it. And you sound like the right sort of terror that would have loved a brand new Swiss Army knife and oh, pen yeah. knife. Oh, yeah, no, we, we used it to make bows and arrows and things. <laughs> oh, man. Harriet, can I ask you a question? Please don't be offended. You say when you were a child. Was this last week? No. You have a very, very young voice. Yeah, that's because I had a PNET brain tumour when I was eight. Oh, so my goodness. a lot of me is still very eight years old. Really? Yep. That, that can affect your voice. And uh, well, are you quite short as well? Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Are you, you're fully recovered yeah, now, though, are you? Uh, pretty much. They gave me um, hydropaturatism um, hydro instead of the brain tumour because they killed my pituitary gland. Yeah. Which is another reason I'm still very eight years old. <laughs> wow. That, I'm fine. Do you think that's mainly, but, but that was partly why you were so naughty? Because a no, kind of reaction to that? I you, think it you're was, just naughty no, I anyway. I think it's because I read most of my mum's old barrel, the peril, and Dennis the Menace annual. There you go, you see. That would have done it. Harry, I hope you don't mind me asking that question. I just thought I ought to. <laughs> I appreciate your answer. Thank you very much for that. I just want to squeeze in Nigel. Nigel, what on earth is a stirrup pump? Uh, it's uh, an old fashioned uh, pump that you. One end uh, goes in the bucket, but it's held up by... Uh, so you pump up and down I to got, yeah. pump water out. Oh. And uh, the stirrup bit is the bit you put your foot on to ah. steady it against the bucket. I know exactly what you're talking about, Nigel. Thank you. What good calls we've had this morning. Thank you to Nigel and to Harriet and everyone else. Very quickly, Ian, I found a video camera at the skip, complete and in good working order. Which is getting me excited. And Fee in Luton says, The best thing I found was a record by the Wombles. The lady was going to dump while I was there. Sorry? And gave it to me. Wowzers. Wowzers. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Milton Keynes, the A421 is closed in both directions between the M1 Junction 13 and the Kingston Roundabout after an accident at Cranfield Road Overbridge. Very congested on the surrounding routes, having a knock-on on the A1 northbound, which is queuing as you approach the closure at Junction 13. Then the M25 clockwise, two lanes are closed between Junction 21A for St Albans and 22 for the Bell Roundabout after an accident. Again, we've got queues on the approach showing up on the sensors there. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Well, that's it. That's your lot. I enjoyed that a lot much better than yesterday. Let's never mention yesterday's show again, shall we? It was very, very poor. Today's good work on your calls. Thank you. JVS is up next. Until tomorrow at six from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone